It's 36 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump says the U.S. has to get tough on drugs. In New Hampshire yesterday, Trump called for the death penalty for some drug dealers. Explaining his new strategy to combat opioids, Trump noted many families are dealing with terrible hardships because of opioid abuse. Trump promised that the scourge of drug addiction in America will stop. He said he would hold doctors, traffickers, and drug manufacturers accountable. He blasted the overprescribing of of drugs in the U.S. and said he wants to see a one-third reduction in prescriptions for powerful painkillers. That's good. Yeah. Police believe a self-driving vehicle may have been going 40 miles an hour when it struck and killed a pedestrian in Tempe, Arizona Sunday night. Tempe police say a 49-year-old pedestrian was walking a bicycle across traffic when she was hit by a self-driving Uber. Tempe police say that uh, there was a human safety driver behind the wheel and that driver showed no signs of impairment. Uh, The police remarked that the matter is still under investigation and reminded people to use crosswalks. Oh, the re- I didn't. I didn't realize there was somebody behind the wheel. I thought that I that was so, just, yeah. uh, you know, one of the glitches of uh, the autonomous cars just not having somebody behind right. the wheel. The nation's highest court is going to keep the revised Pennsylvania congressional district map in place. The U.S. Supreme Court turned down a request by Pennsylvania Republican state lawmakers on Monday. Pennsylvania Supreme Court threw out the 2011 Republican penned map for a new version that will be used for this May's primary. The northern white rhino is a step closer to extinction with the death of the world's last male northern white rhino. The 45-year-old rhino named Sudan died yesterday at a conservancy in Kenya where he had been kept since 2009. Veterinarians say his health had gotten much worse in recent weeks because of a serious leg infection. The rhino was no longer even able to stand, and his veterinary team made the decision to euthanize him. A record was just set for the world's longest hockey game, which lasted more than 10 straight days and raised a lot of money for cancer research. 40 players signed on to play the game in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and sure enough, they rotated in and out, played five-on-five along with a goalie, nonstop for 251 hours and nine minutes total. Donors (laughs) pledged $1.2 million to the Alberta Cancer Foundation and Cross Cancer Institute. Oh, that's great. The stage musical Lazarus, featuring songs written by David Bowie, is set to be released as a film. Bowie wrote the musical shortly before he died in January of 2016, and it was inspired by the novel The Man Who Fell to Earth, the 1976 movie adaptation of which Bowie starred in. The film version of the London production will be screened at King's Theatre in Brooklyn on May 2nd and backed by the live band from the original New York run. Tickets are on sale now. And Aerosmith frontman Steven Tyler announced a solo tour with his Nashville-based country band, The Loving Mary Band. The 13-show road trip begins June 12th in Lewiston, New York, and runs through August 7th. Tickets are on sale now, and uh, the shows will be headlining shows and festival performances. It is in support of his debut solo album, or All Somebody From Somewhere, his country album, uh, which was released in 2016. There is no Pittsburgh date. The closest would be Bethlehem, PA, June 24th, or Northfield, Ohio, on June 30th. I wouldn't go see it in a million years. He put out a pop country album that's just schlock. It went to number one. Did you know that was a number one album? I didn't know it until he declared that he was going out on a solo tour. (laughs) Unbelievable. I just... I, I, I didn't listen to a word of it. It just doesn't seem very 
uh, convincing to me when guys do that. Like when Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish is like, I'm country now. It seems to me like people dip their toe in and it, it has a very patronizing tone to well, me. Well, they see where the money is. That's what I mean. They're like, all right, I got to move some. I got to move some record sales. If he wouldn't did like a uh, traditional, you know, as they say, you know, neo trad, like the new traditional, then I think I'd have more respect for him because that like where rock and roll came from. But he's basically doing a pop album. It drives me crazy. (laughs) You don't have to like it. I know. I just because I want him to rock. He was my dude. (laughs) When I was a kid, he was my Mick Jagger. He was the guy that. You know, I thought it was like he's the, such a badass, and he represented like what I thought was going to be like my era of rock and roll. And I don't know. What if they re-release Toys in the Attic? Yeah, I'd be. I you know, I that's one of my all-time favorite albums. I love it. Night in the Ruts is still will always be my favorite Aerosmith album. But I guess now that I'm saying it out loud and I'm saying he was my Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger would totally do something like this. <laughs> Rain and snow changing to all snow later today, mid-30s for the high. It is 37 at DVE. Uh, a little bit later on the show, Mike Lang, the Hockey Hall of Famer. Pens are on the island tonight, and uh, Billy Gardell is going to be joining us as well. So uh, looking forward to uh, spending some time with Billy. Pink Floyd gets things going here. The weather going forward, by the way, Val, before I get into the Pink Floyd. Moving hey, forward. happy first day of spring. We're going to have uh, like four inches of snow by tomorrow. Oh, Beautiful. Did I hear we're getting a foot total? Well, I think it depends on where you are. I've heard anywhere from two to eight inches. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Great. I think south and east, maybe they're getting more. Remember that mild February when we're all like, we're going to pay for this. Yep. Now we're going to pay for this. You know it. You just know it. And I have to go to Erie this weekend. Oh, well. I got to go to Easton, PA. That by Philly? Yeah. Yeah, and they're getting another nor'easter up the coast. Right up oh. your coast, Pally. You know, every once in a while when we catch the rare bird that is the Yinzer on the news, we like to you do know this what? segment. Yinzer's in the news. But this isn't really a Yinzer's in the news so much as this it's is. close enough. Uh, yeah, it is close. Uh, this is a Yinzer on the net, Yinzer on Reddit. I like it. Okay. I like it a lot. All right. Well, I hope Yinzer you like it. Yinzer on the net. Now, Slack, you brought this to us, and uh, again, uh, if you could... Uh, explain the circumstances by which this was uh, uh, became viral on Reddit. Yeah, basically what happened was I, I went to Reddit. I like to go to Reddit Pittsburgh just to kind of see what's going on, uh-huh. maybe see if people are trashing us on, on the internet. Sure, or that's always good. Like yeah, right, yeah. Um, and <laughs> the top post on there is, what's the fastest you've ever driven on Bigelow Boulevard? So I click on it. The top comment is, well, this guy says 55, and it's a link to a YouTube video that I've uh, that I watched in amazement, okay. and I had to give you the audio. Hey, look at this! You see the speed limit sign there? Twenty-five miles per hour. This is in on Bigelow Boulevard through Polish Hill here. Look, speed limit twenty-five. See that damn sign there? <laughs> Slow the hell down! <laughs> There's probably a good reason that's there like that. Well, at least. I would like to see this road improved. Look, there's no shoulder. There's no way you can bike along here safely. 
except on this scungy little sidewalk, <laughs> and then it ends up there in the next light. So what's the deal? Scungy. Someone's going to get killed. Oh, that did, Somebody's uh, going to get killed. Killed on this scungy sidewalk. Slow the hell down! <laughs> <laughs> Please just clip that out. We have to just have that. On Slow the, the hell down! Slow the hell down! Slow the hell down! Slow the hell down! Can that guy do our traffic from now on? <laughs> I love the uh, the slowed down. Slow the hell and down. And he should be standing in front of the tunnels going, speed the hell up! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh... Slow the hell down! Slow down! DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta's got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? Penguins are back in action tonight. It's been a while. They haven't played since last Thursday night in Montreal, but they're on uh, at the Islanders tonight. 7 o'clock on your Pens flagship, 105.9. The X Penguins 22-8-2 in 32 games since January the 2nd, and it's gone well against the, the Islanders of late. 3-0 this year. Believe it or not, the Penguins have never completed a season sweep of the Islanders. <laughs> have a chance to do that tonight. They are 7-1-1 in their last nine against the Islanders, and it appears, uh, nothing official, but it appears... Matt Murray is going to make his return to the crease tonight. Nice. Head coach Mike Sullivan said that Murray had, quote, a real strong practice yesterday. They wanted to wait and see how he responds and then make a decision. It would be his first game since February the 24th in Florida when he came in in relief of Tristan Jari and suffered his concussion. Prior to that night, Murray had a nine-start stretch between January the 30th and February the 23rd, where he went 8-0-1 with a 2.43 goals against and a .926 save percentage. Be good to see him back out there. Came back uh, after his dad died, and he was playing maybe the best hockey of his career. At a time when a lot of people would have understood if he was uh, struggling a little bit. He really focused, and I'm sure he's more anxious than anyone to get back out there. Tonight. Put the bubble wrap on and get back out there. Tristan Jari reassigned to HL Wilkes-Barre Scranton yesterday. The Penguins have 87 points through 72 games. That's two behind the 89 that the Capitals have amassed through 72 games. Philadelphia has 85 points in 73 games, and Columbus 85 in 73 points after the Blue Jackets went into Boston and won 5-4 to four in overtime last night, their eighth consecutive win. They're on a tear. Columbus was down 3-1 to one in that game, uh, then ahead 4-3 to three in that game, and wound up winning it in overtime. Another interesting note from that Jackets-Bruins game last night. Ryan Donato uh, of the Bruins made his NHL debut. He had been at Harvard. Harvard got eliminated and is not in the NCAA tournament, so Donato has decided to forego his senior year. He signed with the Bruins. Played in the Olympics for Team USA. Got one goal and two assists hmm. for three points in his NHL debut last night. Boston kind of scares me a little bit. Boston should. I think Boston's legit. Yeah, they got a good team. I think Boston's legit. I think Tampa is legit. You know, the Caps, I hate to just say they're the Caps. They're not going to win it because, as Doc Emmerich likes to say, it's history, not prophecy. But I have a hard time perceiving them as a major threat. Just given their history with the Penguins. And Columbus is playing great right now. 
Great. But, but do you like them in a seven-game series? Against Pittsburgh, no. Same thing, Philadelphia's had some runs this year, long winning streaks and whatnot. I, I don't see the Flyers matching and up. Sullivan has owned Tortorella. Yeah. Don't see the Flyers matching up with the Penguins. But I think Boston and Tampa on the eastern side are. Mm-hmm. But, hey, we shall Maybe see. somehow they'll end up playing each other. <laughs> That'd be nice. Steelers introduced a new linebacker, John Bostick, uh, to a couple of media members on the south side yesterday. Uh, Bostick, among other things, said that that knee injury he suffered at the end of last season was no big deal. No surgery. He wound up missing the last two games for the going-nowhere Colts, and he said that had that injury occurred earlier in the season, he would have missed just one game. They just didn't feel the need to bring him back for a meaningless last game. Uh, he also said that uh, he's a three-down guy. Uh, quote, I never came off the field. I called all the plays. I covered. Not a lot of people know that I can do that because I played a lot of Tampa, too, early in my career in Chicago, but that's definitely something I can do. I just haven't had a chance to show that off. Now, here I there are people in the NFL who would differ with his opinion <laughs> of his ability to cover. I talked to a couple people around the league yesterday about him, and uh, the report I got was he's basically a two-down guy. They said he is uh, an upgrade over Sean Spence or Tyler Matikiewicz, but not more than that. So if, if you were wondering, is this guy the answer at inside linebacker? No, he is. He can help make it a deeper position and less of an issue, but uh, they still need to address this. Uh, the opinion of John Bostick that, that I got around the NFL is also that he's a character guy, he's a work ethic guy, professional, goes about his business well, will fit in well in the locker room. And, Arthur Motes. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he's as loquacious. But, uh, few, Very few are. There's nobody like yeah. Arthur yeah. Motes in that yeah. department. <laughs> That's a big ask. But, you know, it's a help. Uh, you don't... You don't win the Super Bowl now, but you try to get better now, and this guy will improve them to some degree. Pirates uh, beat the Twins 11-8 to in Grapefruit League play yesterday. Josh Bell hit his third spring training home run. Jose Osuna his fourth, and Chris Bostic his first. The Pirates will take on the Red Sox in Fort Myers, Florida today. And uh, Pitt's not in the Sweet 16. It's hard to get there when you go 0-18 in conference play, but uh, the Panthers basketball program, uh, things continue to happen. Marcus Carr has received his release to transfer. Uh, that's the ninth player who has asked for his release <laughs> since, <laughs> since Kevin Stallings Good was fired Lord. as the coach. Now, that doesn't mean these guys are all gone, but they, they want to see who the new coach is. Right. Or see if they have a better option elsewhere. Maybe, I don't know, maybe go sign on with a team that won one conference game. <laughs> for two conference games. You know, move up. Keep your options open. Uh, and ESPN.com reporting that uh, Danny Hurley, the UConn coach, or excuse me, the Rhode Island coach, has met with Pitt and UConn about uh, the vacancies at both schools. Uh, he reportedly will meet with uh, the Rhode Island athletic director today. wonder if that's one of those. Hey, they're offering this. They're offering this. What kind of race do I get? I wonder if it's one of those kind of meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was asked about uh, <laughs> potentially vacating Rhode Island right after the loss to Duke on Saturday. Pretty good quote. Quit, quote, 
Listen, I could give a crap about who's got an opening anywhere. I haven't thought about it for a second. I could care less what any other school in the country that's looking for a coach or talks about me on social media. I could give two craps about that. My heart, my mind is with this program and these players that just lost a brutal game. I like that. Not the best time to ask. Hey, you thinking about Pitt? You know, you got to do it, but that's you would expect a uh, a Heisman. Type Blow answer. it out, your bleep. I could give two craps. I yeah, kind of like this guy. I like what I, I like the you know George Carlin went over this at one time. Uh, I couldn't care less, or I could care less. I couldn't give two craps. I could give two craps. What's the difference? I mean, it's couldn't he. Right. And he says, I could give two craps, right? That means you. That means he cares enough to crap on the idea twice. What? I just like that this guy went from, I could give a crap, and then he doubled down. Uh, I I could could give two two craps craps in the same quote. Yeah. Well, that's good. But he got it wrong. (laughs) So he's a perfect fit. I could. You know, I I could give 18 craps. If you say, I could care less, it means you care more. Right. But if you couldn't care less, then then you then you're care. at the bottom. Yeah. I think I think the way people look at it is I could give two craps. Means like I could, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. Eh, you're not even good enough to get my crap. I get the sentiment, but I just you know, grammar aside, I like that he doubled down on the giving of craps. Oh yeah, he just got rolling. I could give a crap. No, wait a minute. I could give two, two craps. craps. You know what? Every crap you have, you could have it. I'm now a... we're starting a bidding war. <laughs> <laughs> I can he give... was willing to give two craps. How many are yeah. you willing to give? Uh, he's, he's a fiery guy. He's got the brand name, you know, the family. Uh, Rhode Island has done really well. And uh, and we're not going to get Jay Wright. I, don't know, I heard some <laughs> stuff over the weekend. Yeah, good point by you. People like that he yells at the refs, you know. Maybe not where you should base your decision. Wow. On, <laughs> wow. What do you think is coaching? I like that he yells there at the refs. There seemed to be a lot of approval of that when really Ronaldo was here for the regional. Yeah, doesn't seem to exactly be a salient uh, analysis yeah. there. Mike, proceed with your sports. Val's got news coming up top of the hour. Well, guys, there's one health and wellness item that might be giving you boobs. We'll talk about it coming up. Rain and snow changing to all snow later, mid-30s for the high. It's 37 at DV. But are there any health and wellness products that give us craps? (laughs) Mother Nature says, oh, you think it's spring? I'm going to crap all over you the next day, two days. Oh. I would love it if you were a weather person and that was your forecast. (laughs) It's going to crap all over us for the next two days. Uh, it is 37 degrees now at DVE. In honor of what would have been his 90th birthday today, the Heinz History Center is displaying one of Fred Rogers' iconic cardigan sweaters and canvas shoes. Costume pieces from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood were worn on the show in the 1980s. The items are now part of the Strip, Strip District Museum's fourth floor display that bills itself as the world's largest collection of items from the show. And also, Twitch TV is hosting a Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood Marathon today. Twitch TV is a video uh, known mostly for video game streaming. Uh, but today they're going to run the show. 90 of the most popular episodes will air beginning at 1 p.m. Eastern time.
Investigators in Austin, Texas, are scrambling to find a serial bombing suspect. They say Sunday night's explosion that injured two men was similar to the other devices that exploded earlier in the month. Mayor Stephen Adler said the uh, feeling is uh, of possible randomness surrounding the incident is unsettling. Police Chief Brian Manley says Sunday's bomb showed a higher degree of sophistication because it used a tripwire to trigger the detonation. President Trump's lawyers are giving some documents to investigators in the Russia probe. The Washington Post reports that the president's legal team turned over summaries of internal memos and emails connected to events that special counsel Robert Mueller is looking over. That includes the firings of former FBI director James Comey and National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Well, a couple stories about male health. An experimental male birth control pill seems to be safe for use, but it causes men to get fat the uh, pill? well doesn't the birth control pill for women cause them to gain weight or is it just like it, water yes, weight it can, or? yes okay the pill known as DMAU is far from ready for market. It hasn't been tested enough to tell if it decreases sperm, sperm production or if it prevents conception. Most of the test group showed remarkably low testosterone levels. The pills have to be taken with food to work. This is a lot of stuff you guys have to go through. And uh, the men tested gained three to nine pounds over the course of yeah, the study. No, not going to happen. But guys won't go through it. They won't suffer through that many side effects. Plus, <laughs> wouldn't the reduction in testosterone lead to a... Other health issues? Well, you just you would have your sex drive would suffer. Now you have low yeah. T along with low S. <laughs> You're like, the good news is we can't get pregnant. The bad news is I just don't want to do it at all. Well, maybe that's part of the <laughs> part that's of the why you're not getting... yeah. I just don't want to. I'm I am feeling crampy let's and just, <laughs> let's just go for a walk. Maybe <clears throat> can you give me the hot water bottle? <laughs> the hot water bottle. <laughs> I need to I don't think they use that anymore, <laughs> do they? I need to <laughs> I have cramps. I have cramps. Is you that calling what? off to work cuz you have cramps? So the hot, that was just a big rubber bladder yeah. that people put hot water in and it retained oh, yeah. the heat? Yep. Is that what that was? Oh, yeah. You never had a hot water bottle? No. That oh, says yeah. like from the 50s. I think they- And that, then what do you do with it? You just lay it on your belly. Oh. Oh, I think I remember using it for an earache maybe. A hot water bottle? Yeah. Or, or, what was it? A hot water bottle. But it wasn't really a bottle, right? It was like- No, a, it, was it was rubbery. Like, it was like a rubber bladder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It was real, like, pliable. Just a mess waiting to happen. Oh, a hot water bottle oh, yeah. or male birth S- control pills? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's par- apparently not as much of a mess, according to that story. Right. See, I feel like it could. It had to be either one of the two extremes. Like, either guys would be absolutely awful at administering it to themselves. Yeah, you got to take it at the same time every day. Or they would be the most diligent about it. Like, I don't think there would be any in between. They'd either be absolutely awful at it or take it like a military person. No, they'd be awful at it. Yeah. There'd be a lot of dudes be like, it doesn't fit. And you're like, you're supposed to eat it, dude. It's like, <laughs> swallow it. Oh. oh. I thought this was a suppository. Mm. Oh, my no? God. I forgot to take my birth control pills. Won't happen. It's not not going to be a thing. Although poor women He's have been subjected to stuff for so long. I right. mean, women get the short end of the stick on this one all the time. Yeah. The, like the implants. Remember the birth controls in there, like a, a little cartridge that they get in their yeah. arm now sometimes? What are they called? I can't remember. A cartridge in your arm? Yeah. It like lets, <sighs> I don't know, like sets off medicine or something. 
They can't what if you have the, the Nintendo the, Power Glove on? Yeah, I don't know. Karate chop on all the sperm coming through. I, I I'm woefully uh, ignorant when it comes to this stuff. But I know there was like an implant that some women were were getting. Not like IUD. I mean, like a thing in their shoulder. Yeah. Do you know what, what I'm talking about or no? Yeah. I don't. But I can't remember the but name that's, of it. I've been out of the game a little while. Right. So I haven't been paying attention. Well, as somebody who is considering, uh, you know, taking themselves out, out of uh, contention, out mm-hmm. of the batter's box, that might be something you should look into. That's true. You know? Yeah. I should. Because we just got past March Madness, which was the number one time of the year, as everybody knows, uh, for vasectomies. Um it's a story that comes around during March Madness all the time, though I don't know that I ever known anybody to get a vasectomy during March Madness. They say that's the number one time. Didn't we talk about doctors' offices are now doing like they're setting up lounges, <laughs> yeah, like, like for guys, yeah, like so you can go with your buddy and you get a two for one deal. Which there's no way in hell I would ever go get a vasectomy with a friend. Why you like, don't yo, think you want to be my, vas- my vasectomy? You buddy? don't want to do a tandem jump? No, I don't. I would you know think who that should would do be it? something sports that- clips. <laughs> I mean, it's already in the name. I would think that would be something guys would want. Like, I need some moral support. Yeah. No. You want to go with your friend to get a vasectomy? You don't get it in the same room together. Right. It doesn't matter. We're not being tied to each other. You're not operating the tools. Vulnerability, though. You don't want to be that vulnerable around one of your friends. Just oh, walking around going like, thing. oh, um, oh, oh, my vast deference. <laughs> oh, let's go together next week to get our Nuva rings put in. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed this time together. Thanks for being for me, being there for me, bro. Wait, what's a Nuva ring? I uh, kind of remember that. Yeah, well, I'm thinking the injectable. I want to think Norvo something, but I can't. Norva virus. We better move on because we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, And in other male health news, essential oils could lead to breast growth in males and young boys are especially susceptible. A new study from the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences found that eight chemicals in some plant-based oils found in soaps and shampoos interfere with hormones that can block testosterone while boosting estrogen. So maybe I maybe just use essential oils and you'll you'll uh, your tea will drop. Essential oils. Yes, the so study if- in particular looked at lavender and tea tree oil and hey. found possible links to changes in puberty. Researchers caution must much more evidence is needed before making a definite link between oils and breast growth in what, males. What was the uh, what kind of tea did Val get for us to drink? <laughs> oh, lavender. Right. Oh. Lavender oh. and uh, chamomile. You trying to take the bullets out of the guns over here? I'm just trying to help. No wonder I've been sleeping on a hot water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sleeping on my stomach. Essential oils. So the like things that basically all new age stuff. The reason that like a lot of guys have a visceral caveman response to the idea of doing any new age like yoga, restorative anything is because it's you know, there's a biological uh, imperative to give a Heisman to this stuff. It's instinct. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's taking away your manlyhood. And gives you boobs. They're trying to domesticate me. This is all, you know, this is why I won't wear Lululemon. <laughs> Nor should you.
It's so comfortable, though. Do they make it for men? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really nice. So comfortable and sporty. <laughs> I mean, it's the best best athleisure you, You're wear thinking of is. a guy wearing, wearing Lululemon with his Lululemons hanging out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If a guy gets it, it is. It's Lululemons. And you have to have a man button. You get 15% off if you have a man button. <laughs> Are breakups, <laughs> breakups contagious? According to research, people are 75% more likely to break up with a spouse or partner if they see a close friend or family member split up. First you get the vasectomies together, then you break up together. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe the thing would be that you see somebody who had the courage to do something difficult. Maybe. And it inspired you. Our, the first year we were married, four of my close friends went through divorces. Wow. <laughs> I remember sitting in the Costco parking lot crying, saying, I don't want to get divorced. <laughs> it's said, coming for me. Tim said, we're buying toilet paper. <laughs> what are you What are you talking about? Did you think it was like a final destination thing? Like there was no way to avoid it? Yeah. I mean, because that's all <laughs> the two of the people were telling me everything. Oh, about so you just the thought that was, that was... I was like, oh my, this is... Oh, everybody gets divorced. No, not everybody. Just the people who shouldn't stay married. At least half. <laughs> right? It's that's, something like that's that. That's the stat. But how many times have you been in a wedding and you're like, there's no way this is going to last? Oh, yeah. A couple times. Yeah. There's no way. You just know. Mm-hmm. Like, there are times you're like, these guys are meant to be together. Then there's other times you're like, I don't know. Uh, Maybe. I mean, they got as good of a shot as anybody. Good work. That's why I feel so good when you're in a wedding where you're like, nah, this is, they're supposed, this, this is, is a great. Good one. But like one time my aunt met some guy at a country Western bar and married him like two weeks later. <laughs> and we're all like, oh my God, this is nuts. What is she doing? They stayed married for like 45 years. Well, look what? At that. Yeah. You never know. I think he died like two years ago. And but before that, like you know, they were like thirty, and she That's met him. She's crazy. like, "This is the dude," and then married him. And everyone was yes. like, "You're off your rocker. You're wearing country stuff now. Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> and uh, she was happily married for a long, long maybe time. Maybe she just, maybe he just opened up her to who she really was. Possibly, or he was just a demon, just an absolute, just a killer. Hadn't thought about it. Uncle Don might have really had some game. (laughs) (laughs) Donnie was killing it. He was. Actress Cynthia Nixon is running for governor of New York. The former Sex and the City star made the formal announcement on Twitter yesterday with a two-minute video. Nixon is a graduate of New York City public schools and says kids today don't have the same opportunity she had had and adds New York is the most unequal state in the country with incredible wealth and extreme poverty. In the meantime, a new Siena College poll shows New Yorkers favor Governor Andrew Cuomo over Nixon by 66 to 19 percent. Film studio, the Weinstein Company, is filing for bankruptcy. The embattled company filed for bankruptcy in Delaware with a buyout promised for the company's assets from Lantern Capital Partners, according to a statement issued by company co-founder Bob Weinstein. Other organizations are also expected to be able to bid on the company at auction. And finally, two women accusing Steven Seagal of sexual assault are speaking out. They detailed the alleged encounters alongside attorney Lisa Bloom. Regina Simons, who was an extra on the film on Deadly 
Natalie Ground claims she was raped by the actor when she was 18 years old. Faviola Davis uh, Davis is um, was a model at the time and says Seagal touched her inappropriately under her bikini during what she believed was a casting call in 2002. She was also a teenager. Bloom says both of her clients have filed reports with the LAPD and a criminal investigation is underway, but also reiterated that as of right now, there is no lawsuit. Several other actresses have accused Seagal of sexual misconduct, including Portia de Rossi, Jenny McCarthy, Juliana Margulies, and Catherine Heigl. Oh, Rain and big names. Yeah. Uh, rain and snow mixed today, but changing to all snow later today. And uh, from what I've read, we could get two to eight inches of snow. That's crazy. Through, you know, like overnight today, tonight into tomorrow. Uh, it is 36 degrees now at DVE. It is the DVE morning show. Hey, I want to remind everybody 10 days from now, it's Cure Rock, the 2018 edition. And uh, I'm happy to be a part of it once again. General admission tickets, 25 bucks for a show that features three local bands, Working Breed, Nevada Color, The Alternate Roots. They're all great bands. It's down at the Hard Rock. This is a really fun event. Uh, there are a limited number of reserved VIP table packages available. Proceeds from this benefit support the fight against pediatric and adolescent young adult cancer. And I met some incredible kids at this event last year. Uh, if you're familiar with Cure Rock, I uh, wanted this will serve as a reminder. And if you're not, this is a good opportunity to learn about the great stuff that they do. Uh, come on down, hang out with us. It is March 30th, Hard Rock. So it's uh, uh, a Friday away, two Fridays from now. So very much looking forward to being a part of that once again. Uh, in the new issue of GQ, Diddy admits he's just like us because he got addicted to his phone and he said he's it made him feel far away from God. See, now, if he was Antonio Brown, he would just call God. Use your phone. You call him. <laughs> call him. So what, what was his solution? He has a solution to being addicted to your phone. His solution, a trip to Sedona, Arizona. Mm, this is very nice there. Where Get out to the energy vortex. He said... He started hearing new music in his head there. He said, I'm not 100% knowing how to come up with the sounds yet. Okay. Sounds like he might have been having a psychotic breakdown, possibly, too. Could have been one or the other. But it did get him off of his phone. So what did it do when he was out there? Uh, it gave him ideas for how to use the phone for good. He said he's working on an app that will allow users in a given city or neighborhood to locate black-owned and black-friendly businesses. He said, quote, this is not about taking away from any other community. We, we'll still go to Chinatown. We'll still buy Gucci. But the application will make it possible for us to have an economic community. It's about blacks gaining economic power. Well, how about that? There's, there's, uh, there's Diddy going out trying to come up with business ideas in Sedona, Arizona to get away from his phone. He thought of something to do for your phone. I would do just about anything. If it meant going to Sedona and sitting in the Crystal Church, I would do it. I would anything. love to lose the compulsion to go for my phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone jokes about it when you're hanging out at either a dinner or bar or out in public anywhere. If somebody else goes for their phone first, it's almost like a relief. Like, okay. <laughs> it's open uh, season. Okay. We can be who we really are then at this dinner. Huh? We're doing this now. I don't feel that urge, though, on the weekend so much. I don't either. That's interesting. I feel so... it all the time. Do you? Yeah. And I'm making a, a concentrated effort to not be on my phone around my kids. That's got to be my hard. daughter shaming me. Good. Get off your phone, Dad. Stop staring at your phone, Dad. See, that's good. Now, have you guys discussed what age you'll let them have phones? High school. Because then it's like a safety issue, too. Yeah. 
And plus, they, you know, like Billy Gardell always says, you know, at some point you can't be like the parent who deprives their kid, like you're not living in The Handmaid's Tale or right. something. Right. I tried to give my daughter a walkie-talkie. She was like, Dad, I'm not taking that to school. That's embarrassing. <laughs> It's like, what? You come out, you chirp me, and then I chirp you back. It's, you know, I don't want to walk all the way up to where you are. I want to be where I'm parked. Oh, so when she's, like, <laughs> leaving school, she can go into her backpack, pull yeah, out. say, I'm out here. Breaker one nine. Yeah. Baby eagle's in the nest. That's not a bad idea. I don't hate that idea. She hates that idea. Well, because she probably wants a phone. There's probably yeah. girls her age that have a phone already. There's a ton of girls her age that have a phone. That's pretty young to have a phone. I can't believe how many young kids have phones. <laughs> how are they not always going to just be addicted to the phone? Yeah. If you introduce it at this age, like they, like my kids have access to the iPad, like they have games and different things that they do on the iPad. You have to really limit that screen time or they will just be lost comatose and then everybody's we're basically alone together in the same room well maybe diddy has it right maybe we can all just go to sedona is there any place uh, like closer it. yeah i don't know bedford can we, yeah can we go to bedford springs Something like that maybe for a weekend let's get a wilmer ding and just forget about our phones it's <laughs> all we need to do mike pursuit is coming in next pens are back at it on the island tonight look at a sweep can we go to mckee's rocks instead of the red rocks <laughs> I think so. Mike Lang, Hockey Hall of Famer, coming up 845. And Billy Gardell joining us in the 9 a.m. hour here on DV. Yeah, it's the DV Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford, Val Porter, Mike Pursuta, Joe Kiki's uh, producing right now. And uh, I say your last name right, right, Joe? All right. Um, Slack was easy. Just say (laughs) Slack. Slack. It sounded like a nickname. It wasn't. Yeah. He's down there in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, making his bones right now. Uh, we're making our bones here this morning. Folks, we're making bones. How do you make bones? We're making bones. We're bone makers. People say that a lot. I uh, could give a crap <laughs> about making bones. I uh, want to let people know that coming up on April 6th, <clears throat> I'm sorry, 7th, I am going to be down at Cephalos. It's a Saturday night, Cephalos in Carnegie. For Are You Smarter Than a Crossroads Scholar? Now, here's the thing. Crossroads is a great organization locally. That helps people, uh, kids, you know, uh, transition into uh, uh, better academic situations. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Yes. And what they are doing to raise money for Crossroads. Uh, They provide scholars, by the way, with access to one of six college prep Catholic high schools, coupled with the year-round after-school and summer support they need to be successful. Seniors go on to earn their college degrees at over double the rate of uh, other peers nationally. And so this is a great organization. I'm uh, I'm glad to be a part of this. Here's the deal. It's April 7th at Cephalos, and I'm going to be taking on one of the Crossroads Scholars in an Are You Smarter Than Oof. scenario. Oh, I'm going to get my ass handed to me. Yeah. <laughs> now, tickets are available right now uh, at Eventbrite, and I'm going to have it linked for you at dve.com, but I wanted to get it on your radar. It's April 7th, so it's uh, three weeks away, and I'm very much looking forward to it. The scholar I'm going up against is going to come in on the show in a couple of weeks, and we're going to. I guess we're going to have like a, a a Jeopardy type situation or okay. something like that. I'm not it's all about the categories, man. I'm going to get embarrassed. Words that start with the letter Q. <laughs> you better study up. I know. 
How do you study for something like that, though? Like, if you're going on Jeopardy, how would you study? What would you just read? Trivia books? Yeah. Read every card in Trivial Pursuit. So, funny story. I did that when I was a kid. You did? Yeah. And (laughs) uh, my brothers hated me for it. Because I I remembered, like, you know, a ton of answers. But I mostly knew, like, the arts and entertainment and the sports ones. And I didn't remember all the geography and stuff like that or the history quite as much. But they'd be so pissed because I'd be getting the answer right for, like, you know, which movie Paul Newman did in 1954 or whatever that won a bunch of Academy Awards. And I'm like, you know, 12 years old, and I'm going, HUD! (laughs) They're like, you "You dork! How did you know that? (laughs) You're a dork! Only a dork would read the Trivial Pursuit cards and memorize them. Anyways, I'm going to put my dork hood on display. Hello, April 7th, Cephalos, down in Carnegie, looking forward to it, and wanted to make you uh, aware of that. Uh, in today's paper, Scott Mervis did an interview with Eddie Money that is absolutely hilarious. It is <laughs> off the rails. I read the first few questions. It is so nuts. He's going to be 69. He's talking about like when he was like a drug addict a lot and how messed up he was and how he, you know, Likes girls. He still likes girls a lot. He's not exactly uh, politically correct, but he's Eddie Money. You know? What'd you expect? Yeah. He's Eddie flipping money. He's Uh, not Eddie politically correct. No, but he talks about how he doesn't get any respect. Mervis asks him about being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And his answer is, you know, because he was associated with Bill Graham. He he goes on to say, you know, there's a lot of critics out there that didn't like Bill Graham. A lot of the critics didn't like cops because he's his dad was a cop. Whole he, family. He was training to be a cop and quit the academy. I thought he had become a cop. Yeah, that's what I thought. No, he well, according to this, he, was he quit in the academy. Yeah, a lot of critics didn't like people from New York or people from California. The critics had never been in my corner. But do you know who I always had in my corner? I always had the bleeping fans in my corner. Then again, I used to read these reviews in the paper. I'd be on a bus with a hangover, and I'd call them up, and I'd say, I'm going to blow up your house. I'm a, I was a crazy alcoholic. I made a lot of enemies out there. But it's not the worst thing in the world when you're getting three encores and you get a bad review in the paper. Who the F is this guy? I'm not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'd like to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A lot of people call me the Pete Rose of Rock and Roll. Huh. I don't think anybody calls Eddie Money the Pete Rose of rock and roll. By the way, that, that might they've not both done Geico commercials. <laughs> no, <laughs> it might not have anything to do with baseball. <laughs> if they're calling you the Pete Rose, I'm just saying some of the stuff he was saying about women uh, might be because you dated 16 year old girls. Uh, he said I had 17 songs in the top 100. That's a lot of tunes, man. It is a lot. <laughs> 17 songs. Seriously, that's that, a, that's a ton. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, those aren't top 10, but still. Uh, that's a lot of tunes, man. I'm not in the Rock and Hall of Fame, but you know what I'm in? The Long Island Music Hall of Fame with Cindy Lauper, Billy Joel, Neil Diamond, Barbara Streisand, the Young Rascals, Vanilla Fudge. I'm in the right Vanilla Rock and Roll Fudge. Hall of Fame. And then he asked him about you know what people can expect from the show. He's going to be playing here in Pittsburgh, uh, or well in Greensburg, Thursday Palace night. Theater. The Palace. Yep. 
And uh, that'll be a, it'll be a good show for sure. And he asks him what people can expect. He goes, "The show's real good. My weight's down. I, <laughs> I st- my weight's down. <laughs> he goes, my weight's down. I still got all my hair. I quit smoking cigarettes, so my voice sounds good." And then he goes on and basically, like, s- describes his entire show. He he's, goes, he's scary. I, I tell the crowd, I met my wife in Pittsburgh 30 years ago. I look down and there's this gorgeous girl. She's crying, makeup running down her face like a little girl who lost a puppy. And I was singing two tickets. And when the guitar solo came around, I bent down and I said, hey, baby. And she said, you're standing on my fingers. <laughs> All right, I'm giving Eddie a little love here. I used to make fun of him so much back in the day. Why? Yeah, I'll tell you later. DB. Mike Pursuta here with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Steelers introduced their free agent signee linebacker John Bostic yesterday on the south side. They could be on the verge of a much bigger addition. Uh, James Jones is a former receiver with the Green Bay Packers and now works for the NFL Network, tweeting last night, quote, Source tells me Packers free agent safety Morgan Burnett is headed to the Steelers, flying out tomorrow morning to complete the deal. Well, of course, this is tomorrow morning from a yesterday tweet. I like this. And Morgan Burnett uh, would be a much bigger addition, in my estimation, than John Bostic. Would he be a much bigger addition than Tyron Matthew? Uh, from the people I talked to, yes. Uh, I did a little research on that yesterday, and everybody who watches the games remembers that Matthew was an All-Pro in 2015. People who evaluate this stuff know he's very small. And he's ended three of his five NFL seasons on the injured reserve list, and people think he lost a step. He got a one-year deal in Houston. Uh, one of those, hey, I'm better than you guys think I am. I'm going to prove myself and then try to cash in next year. It seemed to be, Mike, that there was the initial like, oh, hey, maybe we're going to get him. And then when we didn't, just the, ah, we were never going to get him. And then yesterday, uh, it seemed like uh, Steeler Nation was like, wait a minute. Why didn't we get him? We could have got Honey Badger. Why didn't we make a bigger play for him? How did we let that slip through our fingers? Because he's a real little guy and he gets hurt all the time. Well, that's how he slipped through the fingers then, I guess. He's very uh, small. <laughs> he might not have slipped through the fingers. They might just not have reached. Uh, I, I don't know if they had any interest in you know a, a cheaper long-term deal or a one-year deal similar to what he got from Houston. But you know, you don't sign a one-year deal if people are offering you $8 million for five years. Right. What did he get, one year, seven mil or something like that? Six and a half with incentives, I think. Um, hmm. Now, Morgan Burnett hasn't exactly been uh, a bastion of health either. He hasn't played a 16-game season six, since 2012. Uh, he played 12 games for the Packers last year, but this guy can play safety. He played slot corner for Green Bay last year out of necessity. And at 6'1", 210 pounds, and with his willingness to tackle, he can play that hybrid uh, sub-package linebacker safety position. Those are the kind of guys everybody's looking for now. You need somebody that can run and cover and still stay on the field and be a willing tackler in case the team you're playing against decides to run against your sub-package. He doesn't have a good nickname, though, Mike. What's his nickname? No, he doesn't. I'm saying. you know, oh, yeah. Honey Badger was a, a, a pre-packaged uh, you know, marketing. <laughs> From what I could tell, just... Uh, doing some checking on safety. Uh, you know, Honey Badger got the one-year deal. 
He was the first safety to sign. The market's been really slow at safety. And a lot of these guys are older, and there's a little nick, a little blotch on the resume, and they've they've wanted a lot more money than has been available, as it turns out, once free agency started. USA Today reported that Burnett was seeking eight and a half a year when free agency began. Uh, I'm going to guess he's going to sign for less than that if he ends up signing with the Steelers. Uh, he's coming off a four-year, $24.75 million deal that he signed in 2013. But uh, the versatility of this guy is really intriguing because that's really how you have to play defense now. You have to have guys that can stay on the field and do different things against different packages as opposed to loading up against the run and then taking all the run guys off the field on third down right. and putting all the pass coverage guys in. Uh he wore the uh, communication helmet in Green Bay last year called the defensive signals. Uh, 29 years old, eight years in the league, seven years as a starter. Uh, this this would be interesting. Uh, they they need a guy like this. Well, It and takes this, a lot of pressure off the draft. Yeah, from what I can remember of, of just would, watching him play, he can play up in the box, he can yeah. play deep. He's uh, You know, if you look at last year, uh, he had uh, 12 games, no interceptions, three passes defensed, one forced fumble, 68 tackles in 12 games. Uh, safety also now, it, it's become important in the run defense. I was just going to say that that stat is not the same as that stat from five, six years ago. You don't want your safety getting a ton yeah. of tackles. But no, now, now you do. They're stepping yeah. up and they're a part of it. it. Right. It doesn't mean that your front seven stinks anymore. Right. Uh, he had 92 tackles in 2016 in 15 season or 15 games, excuse me, with Green Bay. Uh, from what I was told yesterday, uh, I was asking people who should the Steelers be going after, and uh, the response I got was Morgan Burnett or Eddie Pleasant from Houston. And James Jones again, he's a former teammate of Morgan Burnett. So uh, when James Jones says he's got a source that says Morgan Burnett's coming to Pittsburgh, it's probably Morgan Burnett. <laughs> yeah, that would be my assumption. <laughs> As for Bostic, uh, he's happy that he's here, uh, but he made it clear yesterday he has not come here to replace Ryan Shazier. Um, I would I would never say replace. I mean, he's a special player, and you know I'm sure he's definitely going to be back um, at some point. Um, for me, like I said, all I'm supposed to do is come in here, you know, work hard, you know, whatever they ask me to do, I'm going to do it, you know, at whatever position it is. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a guy that can, you know, he's got a lot of versatility, he can do a lot of different things. Um, you know, so whatever they ask me to do, I'm going to do it, you know, the best of my ability. Penguins are at the Islanders tonight. 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship, 105.9. The ex-Matt Murray, Matt Murray, excuse me, is poised to return to the crease. It would be his first action since February the 24th in Florida. He was on an 8-0-1 roll before sustaining a concussion, but he had a real strong practice, according to head coach Mike Sullivan. Yesterday, the Pens will see how he responds today. Tristan Jari reassigned to AHL Wilkes, Barry Scranton. The Penguins are two points behind the Capitals for first place in the Metropolitan Division, but head coach Mike Sullivan stressed yesterday that how they're playing going into the playoffs means a whole lot more than the position from which they enter said playoffs. I, I just think it's important for us to try to 
put ourselves in the very best possible position to succeed, and that's the way we look at it. It's, you know, we're going to control what we can. We're going to take each game as it comes. We're going to try to put our very best on the ice each and every game and see where it takes us. I think if we do that, we'll continue to grow as a group. We'll get better as a team, and I think that will put us in the best position. Yeah, in other words, if the Caps keep winning, good for them. Play well, play the right way, win games, get on a roll, have your confidence soaring as you enter the playoffs and deal with the Caps if and when you have to deal with the Caps. Uh, Columbus is coming up fast from the rear. The Blue Jackets won their eighth consecutive game last night, 5-4 to four in overtime in Boston. Columbus has 85 points. That ties Philadelphia for third in the Metro. Both the Jackets and Flyers have played 73 games. Ryan Donato made his NHL debut for the Bruins after three seasons at Harvard. Uh, he had his junior year at Harvard interrupted by the Olympics. He played for Team USA. and Donato, one goal, two assists, and three points. God, I love it when those guys jump out of college and jump into the NHL in the stretch run. Pirates, uh, eight, excuse me, 11 to 8 winners over the Minnesota Twins yesterday in spring training play. 9 14 and 2 for the Bucks. This spring in Florida, they'll play the Red Sox today in Fort Myers. We're getting down to it, Mikey, in Look. hockey season here. Yeah, you're shaking your head like you're bracing for it. Well, because I know what this means. It means very little sleep. It means two months of uh, your life on hold. Terrible eating. Watching another Stanley Cup run. We're three, three, four weeks away from it, but... When did the playoffs start? Oh, it's coming. Uh, middle of April, right? Yeah. Early early to mid. Like the Frozen Four, I think, is the fifth and the seventh. And the playoffs will probably be around the 10th, 11th, 12th, somewhere around there. Josh Yoey had a great article uh, yesterday just about Malkin's quiet big second half, as much as it could be called quiet. I don't think it's really quiet. Well, I, I characterized that wrong. Um,. He talked about the fact that, like, Sidney Crosby, a lot of times, when, you know, he he's sort of the face of the organization. And Gino is just so damn good that anywhere else it would just be nothing but Gino, nothing but Gino. And, yeah, you know, you have to share the stage here, whether you're Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin. I think Malvin, Malkin thrives in that environment. I agree with you. I, I think that's mm-hmm. just it. He's the Kessel thrives in that environment. He's having, a, you know, as good of a year as he's ever had. Uh, Gino, though, 30 games since... January 5th in Brooklyn. 26 goals, 25 assists. Ridiculous. Three game winners in that time. In Fuego. We're going to talk with Mike Lang. The Russians on a roll. 845. Also, Billy Gardell is going to be joining us live from Los Angeles, California. That'll be 9 o'clock on the DVE Morning Show. Don't forget, you can take the iHeart app with you no matter where you go. Download it to your smartphone or app. Listen to, uh, or uh, smartphone or tablet, rather. Uh, you can listen to DVE anywhere. But also, it's like, uh, you know, get rid of all those other streaming sites that you use because iHeart has all the same stuff and more. Check it out, iHeartRadio.com. Churches performed on the Honda stage. Honda proud to feature exclusive performances from the breakout band. Check out their new single, Get Out. Exclusive access to performances at iHeartRadio.com slash Honda Stage. Wherever your path takes you, Honda celebrates the creativity and drive it takes to get there. It is the DVE morning show. You know, here in Pittsburgh, we've been home to the Uber 
phenomenon for a long time. Literally, the development, research and development into this ride-sharing industry occurring right in our backyard. This is the testing ground. Uh, Yesterday, they announced that they were stopping their autonomous car program after a woman was killed in Tempe, Arizona, by a self-driving car. Those those cars you see driving around don't got nobody in a driver's seat, or do they? They do here. They do here. Yeah. Um, there's always somebody up front. I just wasn't sure what the deal was. They usually have a laptop, though, right? Um, this uh, this poor woman was, like, walking her bike across the street, and this uh, driverless Uber hit her at 40 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Now, there's, like, a million things that can go wrong with the self-driving car. And they're working at the bugs. And their argument is, over the long haul, they're going to save a lot of lives. In the meantime, we might run over a few pedestrians. Got to work out some bugs. It's, you know, the it problem sounds is, is great. this isn't a cell phone. Like, people die when there's a bug. Right. And so, you know, I think we're going to talk to the mayor tomorrow about this. Because this is one of those things that never seemed like a great idea. And we're, it just, uh, it seemed like one of those... Uh, Jurassic Jetsons. Jurassic Park thing. Yeah. Like, they were so busy trying to figure out whether they could, they never asked if they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I was I was kind of reassured reading some reading some articles on it yesterday that there's different requirements in each state, and it's sort of left up to the states. And Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh um, require the dri- there to be a driver behind the wheel of these autonomous cars that are basically mapping all the roads to Pittsburgh just in case they need to take over manual control. Mm-hmm. So it's not just to- it's not so totally those, driver those driverless here. People are still being paid anyway. Right, not as much though. To sit there and do nothing, well not yeah. do nothing. Apparently but. you don't have to be an operator or uh, you don't have to get paid like an operator if you're just like standing by. But pe- a guy was in the car that, that right, killed yeah. that lady in Tempe. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what's going to happen going forward, but uh, it's possible that I might be a little more like lean towards the Luddites in this one and go, you know what? Let's just drive the car and figure out the self-driving stuff later. I'd be more interested in mass transit, which we know can be a proven way to reduce traffic and save lives. uh, Other than, you know, let's put more cars on the road, uh, just less drivers. Because one thing's for sure, it's not going to help. Carson Street on a Saturday night. But you know what, Will? PennDOT, $20 million program they've announced to fix East Carson Street. Valerie, did you hear about this? In what sense? (laughs) Now, imagine the bleep show that's going to go on. I can't because it's already a bleep show. They are going... How do you add bleep to to a bleep show? ...to spend $20 million starting this fall to rebuild the roadway from the Smithfield Street Bridge... Through 33rd Street. So that's like Station Square to Bloomfield Bridge. Oh Not Bloomfield Bridge, Bingham. I, yeah. Bring, uh, why I'm can't we think up. of the name? I don't of know. It? Birmingham. 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 Thank you, Joe. He's a Southsider. Uh, think about that. They're going to be improving the roadways and pedestrian safety. And how do they plan on doing that? 
I, I mean, don't... If, if they do just about anything, like I know they're doing bump outs for the crosswalk so that the pedestrians don't have to walk as far. Yeah, there's going to be outdoor waiting areas for incline riders down on the Station Square, and they're going to move the bus stop from the Station Square side of East Carson to reduce jaywalking and revamping the bus and light rail station, too. So that's all down at the Station Square side, Smithfield Street Bridge side. Yes, Honestly, you know how you could improve it? You could put, like, they should make it like Amsterdam and put urinals up. Outside urinals. Yeah. How would that? Because people are already peeing they out there. They won't go peeing in the alleys and everybody's trying to live oh, there. Peeing on somebody's steps. we were talking about traffic. Well, we are, we're talking about, yeah, I guess that's a different thing. Well, I'm no, just, this is general pedestrian <laughs> safety. General being, safety. How do urinals help traffic? Because then people aren't going to be driving around looking for a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> When people are, are not very uh, cautious when they have to pee. It's that simple. Well, I don't know if you've been down there on a weekend lately. I, I mean, I don't get down there too months. often on weekends anymore. I'll go down on a Sunday and hang out. But you can't park. Yeah. I mean, no, it's no always parking. been a challenge. But now you literally are not allowed to park yeah. in huge areas. The last time I went to the Rex for one of our shows, you can't park after 10 o'clock. It's in like those blocks on the south side. It's absolutely nuts. And those bump outs are going to take away more parking spaces. <laughs> so the improvements that they're making are going build a to couple re- garages. reduce. Well, I guess the solution, wouldn't you just want to build like big parking garages, like improve the ones at Station Square, build up on it or something like that and tell everybody? Because like so many people come in from out of town, like the, you know, tri-state area to hang out there on the weekends. Like if you're a 21-year-old kid and you live in Weirton, probably pretty attractive to be like you know what we can just drive an hour up to the berg stay on my cousin's couch tonight let's go to the south side and get loaded like make those people park down at station square well not those people all people and then you know improve the bus line shuttle them back and forth and then you can have some crazy drunken shuttle where i'm sure nothing bad will happen (laughs) well that's what they did on on uh saint patrick's day they had the shuttle from the second avenue parking area oh yeah Oh, yeah. I wonder how that and works. And then it's like an Irish loop. But if, you know, St. Patrick's Day is kind of like a citywide uh, vibe of what the South Side is like on Friday and Saturday nights. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if everyone yes. is of like mind. Yes. See, I think that there should be like retractable fencing that should come up on the sidewalks <laughs> at a certain hour, like say around 1130 idea. midnight. Those things come up because what you see if you're down there past midnight which is like is pretty much the witching hour down on the south side. It turns into Escape from New York. It is girls holding their shoes, <laughs> stepping out into the street, people falling into the street. It's just total mayhem. Mm-hmm. Or you could just turn the fire hoses on at 2 o'clock at night at Everybody the Birmingham go. Bridge and just turn Carson Street into a slip and slide. That's what they do on Bourbon Street. I mean, just turn the hoses on. They hose Bourbon Street down at the end of uh, Mardi Gras. It's beautiful. Literally. Do it. Well, I'm not sure if they enforce the fire codes the way they had been, but, Bill, I know there was a number of times you and I were like in places like after shows or something, and the bar would seem empty, and they're like, we're at code. Yeah. We can't oh, yeah. let anybody else in. And you're like, there's so much room in here. Like, so what then, kind of Studio 54 weird thing is going on in here? 
and what it, it, that people just go the, out on the street. Yeah, and that increased the traffic on the street. I think they've kind of remedied that. It's been a while since, again, since I've... Is it that, or is it like now that you can't smoke anywhere in the bars, people are just all outside smoking? It could be that, too. I think so many people vape. They're just kind of getting away with, like, you know, choking something down in the in the bars and just blowing it down their shirt or something <laughs> like that. Blowing a, a huge plume of vanilla extract into the uh into the room yeah so i i guess the you know what we're getting at here is that it there are probably some much needed improvements that are going to occur but not at you know without it, it being at the cost of it getting worse in the meantime so once they start digging up anything down there oh my I mean, god if they're going to repave carson street or just put you know those just those bump outs i like the idea of the fences popping up at midnight just to stop Before people that. from falling out in, into traffic. Yeah. Have cattle like pen. 10. Like, basically, you're just protecting people from themselves. Yeah, I know, but I also think so many fights would happen. Yeah. So many now more, you're pinning people. Yeah, in. so many more fights would happen. Because the, yeah. there's a line for bars and people are trying to get past that. that you know. I imagined it on the street to block cars off from driving down there. Oh, from like the block before Jack's to. You're saying fence stop the, it from traffic. Just turn it into a pedestrian walkway. Yeah. The entire thing, kind of like uh, jam on Walnut, except uh, just jam on Carson all right. the time. Oh dear Lord, I'm afraid of. Got to build some parking garages. Got to do something, right? Why have they not built? Is, is there some historic? Community reason they can't build parking garages down there. I think it's just because they're they're getting greedy, and anybody who builds down there is building apartment complexes, just to charge more money for people to to live down there. They're gonna have to do the construction like at night. Let's get the residents down there are gonna be pissed, man. Good I know luck. they're going to be begging for people to pee on their steps. Like, can't we just go back to the good old days? Somebody uh, took a grumpy on my car. Biggest changes are going to be down on the incline station. The Monongahela incline station in particular, apparently, they're going to do which a lot of work. Which one's uh, Monongahela is the... the Closest close, to the T? The closer one, I believe, to the T, yeah. Okay. And the other I one's, never, never, other one's a Duquesne. Yeah. That's the first, yeah. That that's like no man's land. Yeah, that's where you send your relatives. <laughs> go over there, just spend a while. No, take a walk when you get up to the top. No, go you'll, for a you'll walk. You'll like it up there. George uh, Wash is facing go the Indian. Coffee. Go look at the Indian. Yeah. yeah. No, you. No, have fun, mom. Okay. What do you got coming up here, Val? Uh, we're going to talk about how little time parents actually spend with their kids. I think Bill would uh, beg to differ on that. I spent a lot you don't, of time. You don't even know what I'm going to say. Okay. I don't. Uh, also, Mike Lang, the Hockey Hall of Famer, is going to be joining us at 845. Billy Gardell at 9 a.m. here on the DV Morning. I tried to give my daughter a walkie-talkie. She was like, Dad, I'm not taking that to school. That's embarrassing. <laughs> it's like, what? You come out, you chirp me, and then I chirp you back. I don't want to walk all the way up to where you are. I want to be where I'm parked. Oh, so when she's like <laughs> leaving school, she can go into her backpack, pull yeah, out. Say, I'm out here. Breaker one nine. Yeah. Baby eagles in a nest. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Apparently you can do, uh, they have like the iPod touch things that don't have uh, like phone capabilities. They have limited internet access, mm-hmm. but they can call you. 
Yeah, yeah, and they have the, these versions of it's like a little smart watch where you can receive calls, and uh, I think you can make calls, and you, you know you have a library of three numbers that you could have. Mm-hmm. Cambridge so we'll, Analytica would still figure out a way how to hack it and make your kid <laughs> vote with the Russians' wishes. We'll figure out something. How about we didn't have nothing, and it'll be okay? I mean, it's all peer pressure. That's all it is. Yeah. And again, like to Gardell's point, you don't want to have your kid be like, my dad uh, gives me marbles. The weird you know. kid. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to kind of stay with the times a little bit. But it's terrifying if you can't find your kid. You know, that's when you put the, the chip in them. Val, yeah. there's a great episode of Black Mirror where a lady puts a chip in her kid's head and she can see everything her kid sees. And she sits and watches it on mm-hmm. an iPad. Do you foresee any troubles there? I, I can't. I can't. Like the awkwardness of I, I'll kill somebody <laughs> because I saw my daughter walk out. You know, you, you just as a parent, you want your kid to be accepted. You want them to be liked. Right. I mean, I wake up in the middle of the night going, oh, my God, are people going to like her? If anybody picks on her, I swear to God, I'll, I'll punch them. Right. She walked outside of school. She's at a new school this year, and she she was so vulnerable. She said hi to this girl, and the the girl just didn't see her, and it crushed me. Oh. She was like, hey, and then just put her head down, and I wanted to go over to this girl and be like, she said hey! <laughs> you didn't hear her? <laughs> Grab her by the hair and bring her back over to my daughter. Say you, hi. You be friends with her. Because, you know, nobody, uh, you know, nothing kids like more than being friends with the person with the psychotic dad. Well, no, that's that's actually the real reason why I gave them the walkie-talkie because my daughter said, I don't want you waiting for me in the pickup area right outside <laughs> of school. Yeah, because you don't we'll want to walk to the car. so funny. Aw, that's kind of cute. The Black Mirror episode, though, I mean, when do you stop it, right? Because this is like, how long would you want to keep an eye on your kid to that extent where you can see everything they that's see? That's awful. Terrible, even, right? Yeah. I don't even like it when I call my parents and they just don't know how to hang up a phone. Like every, I'm like, all right, see ya. And then I just hear them putzing around and then talking to each other. I always hang up. So I'm oh. like, I don't want to hear what they're talking about. Oh, because they don't hang up the phone. Yeah, they don't know how to hang up a phone. I know some people get so offended if they see kids on a tether. I'm totally for it. Oh, like, like, a, leash like a leash in public? Oh, those are those are awesome, and I never had the balls to put my kid on one. It's yeah, so- I don't. But when I see somebody else, I'm like, "Good for you. You don't care." Well, I really, don't see, ba- I don't really, see any problem? Really with bad optics. Yes, that's that's why I didn't do it. But I wanted to. God, I wanted to. I wanted to have a shock collar, you know, like an invisible fence. Well, that's what I was thinking for the, when we were talking about the South Side earlier. If there was a way to put like a dog fence <laughs> down Carson yeah. Street and just shock people when they get too close. Every uh-huh. bar gives out a, a collar. Yeah, you want to walk down Carson Street? Here's your collar. You go in the street and get a little buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just a, so anyways, what's up with you? Let's move a little closer. Let's get in the Kassab's doorway here. We got Val. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Pissed off are you about this? Oh, I'm just, I'm, I the am worst. really getting to the point where I'm angry about the weather. It's just beating me down. I'm. I can't stop eating. <laughs> I'm. I'm anger eating. I'm um, hibernation oh, eating. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've had enough. I had enough. It is 35 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by ChooseNissan.com. The recent shooting massacre at a high school in South Florida will get a house hearing today. Lawmakers want to know more about why law enforcement missed numerous warning signs about accused shooter Nicholas Cruz, which I don't think they missed them. They just chose not to do anything. Yeah, they um, were uh, all well aware. For years. Between the school and law enforcement? That's why I don't think that the argument that you know, hey, this is on the kids. They need to go be nicer to these outcasts. Well, I certainly think that there are kids you don't need to bully and kids can all do a better job of trying to work outside their cliques. Like, these, these kids are psychotic. Mm-hmm. You can't just befriend that kid. Yeah. This is not just a kid who was bullied and it turned into this. He was d- a deranged kid who needed help. Mm-hmm. And cried literally cried out for help he called 911 on himself and so many people are like well you know it's on the kids they should be nicer to him geez how much do these kids have to bear those parkland kids are remarkable yeah uh the brother of the accused florida high school shooter facing a trespassing charge for going onto the campus where his brother opened fire zachary cruz allegedly told arresting officers he went to marjorie stoneman douglas high school in parkland to quote reflect on the school shooting and soak it in he had previously been warned by authorities to stay away from the school after the valentine's day shooting Uh, The brother was put under a mental health evaluation out of fears he could harm himself. And in a related story, the Hampton Township School District is scheduling safety training for all of its students. The district says all staff members have already gone through ALICE training, which stands for Alert, Lockdown, Inform, Counter, Evacuate. The active shooter response training is an approach to dealing with emergency situations. Parents are encouraged to participate in the July 22nd training session, which is being put on by the police department. My sister's, uh, one of her daughters came home from school crying the other day because they went through like four drills and she just couldn't take it. And she's like, every time the door opens, this is all I'm thinking about. And then uh, yesterday, her youngest, she got uh, an immediate notification. School was on lockdown. Reports of a shooter. It was construction nearby. They locked these eight-year-old kids down for like seven minutes thinking there was a shooter coming in. Wow. And that's just, you know, one story. That's happening everywhere. The other thing that I thought was insane was in Alaska, there was a school where they were the police were coming in and shooting off blanks so that kids could practice with the sounds of bullets going off. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Seem like there would be a better way to do that. Or the guy, the parent that tried to prove the point at the parent-teacher meeting by pulling a knife on a kid to prove his point. I think we're overcorrecting. Like, whoa. I would never be able to handle that. If I was a kid, I would be freaked out right now. But that it's kind of understandable though to overcorrect though, isn't it? Like you, you understand you that people are gonna overreact. Pull a knife on a kid to prove. Oh no, no, no. That's that's ridiculous. But I mean I remember just even being in city schools like Risenstein, Alderdice, we had metal detectors. And I remember as a kid walking through there being like, Uh, this is not normal. Like all my other friends don't have this. Remember the movie Teacher? With Judd Nelson was in it. Uh, no. that, yeah, you do. 38 Special did the soundtrack. That's Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that one. That was Ralph Macchio. That was right. That was like, you know, the first sort of like, you know, modern Blackboard Jungle. 
yeah. uh, movie to like hard school. Like, hey, you know, some of these places or lean on me and all Wasn't, that. Uh, but that stuff, like metal detectors, is different. I think than kind of where these poor kids uh, have to be emotionally. Yeah, we days. never had any active shooter things. I mean that um, that that's crazy. Yeah. President Trump's personal attorney is taunting the porn star purported to have had an affair with Trump a dozen years ago. Attorney Michael Cohen said in an interview published yesterday in Vanity Fair that he might take an extended vacation on Stormy Daniels' dime. Cohen is threatening to sue Daniels for $20 million for allegedly violating a non-disclosure agreement she signed. Daniels' attorney has gone to court to have the non-disclosure agreement thrown out because Trump didn't sign it. Which, again, goes back to my question if is if they both used aliases, how can it be a legally binding? <laughs> right. I have It's no not idea. your, it, I don't understand it, but. Uh, Cohen paid Daniels $130,000 shortly before the 2016 election by some accounts to stay quiet about the year-long affair she says she had with Trump. Uh, that was from 2006 to 2007, and that was when Donald Trump was married to Melania Trump at the time. And so he had uh, an affair with the the porn star. They were saying yesterday there was a big thing where somebody overreacted. One of those conspiracy, like the Louise Mensch, Claude Taylor people said that her lawyer said, we have pictures of the president's penis on NBC. Oh, like, yeah. I'll paraphrase what he just said. We have pictures of the president's penis. <laughs> so I just thought that sounded funny to me. It, clearly, they don't like that doesn't exist. But the fact that everybody ran with the idea that they were going to have to see and thought about it for a little while, about having to see the president's penis. Are you ready to see the president's penis? Yeah, Are you said you it. Ready? Yeah, Like it's it's something that you have to think about now. Yeah. <laughs> Is that going to be in your timeline? Again, I don't think that they do, but this guy, it's possible we could see the president's penis. Nobody wants to. Not even Melania. <laughs> oh, she's got to be furious and then it was then there was stuff going around yesterday about donnie jr having like a little affair with some chick aubrey something aubrey o'day from danity kane from uh from one of the making the bands one of diddy's making the bands yeah i'll have that coming up later at nine o'clock i don't believe i don't i don't believe anything unless they maybe they have some shared passions like shooting elephants or something (laughs) Investigators say a coyote that attacked a Laurel Brook Landing nurse on Sunday may have been rabid. Police say the woman was taking a walk on her break when she was attacked. This was up near Brookville. Uh, the police chief tells Explore Clarion the woman required 18 stitches. Officials say if the coyote is not recovered, the woman will have to go undergo all those rabies shots. Because they're just not sure. Mm. And they released the bobcat. Ooh, is that the, a the is that code? <laughs> Where? Is that Release code? the bobcat. In, the uh, bobcat. in West Mifflin? Armstrong Where? County. Okay. So in the woods. They said it was healthy. Yeah, it was on state game lands. <laughs> and there's no way to determine if that was being raised by somebody. I get. Well, they said it was wild. Okay. Because they took it to the Humane Animal Rescue in Verona. The wild it's adorable. It always, division. I'm always sort of amazed at how clean wild animals can be, too. I was like, look how fluffy it is. It looks like it just came from the groomer. <laughs> Spends all day licking himself. That thing's adorable. All and right. Claw your eyes out. Would it? Could I beat up a bobcat if I had to? Uh, well, this would weigh eighteen pounds. So, all right, I'm I'm hiking in North Park. This thing jumps off a rock at me. <laughs> That's what I was kind of asking you yesterday. Like, like it wraps you around you your head. 
Yeah, he could probably give it a good swift kick. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to kick the bobcat. No, you don't, but if it's attacking you, you've got to defend yourself. But if it's not listening to reason, yeah. What are you going to do? Mace it. Well, then it would probably Stone cold stun it. Something. (laughs) I think. I wouldn't want to fight a bobcat. I guess if I had a dog with me, I would. Like, I would protect protect the dog. If it jumps on your head, what are you going to do? I'd beat the snot out of that bobcat. I mean, I think you would immediately get orangutan strength and just start whipping it around. If If it's only 18 pounds, you'd pick it up by the scruff and just start. Throw it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm not like a super tough guy, but I feel like I could beat up a bobcat. Why do I feel like... It would like, mess me up beyond belief. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Don't get me oh wrong. God. But I think, you can, I think you can survive a bobcat attack. Well, they, I don't know if they would attack if you had a dog. What are the ones that are well, attacking... What are attacking people out in California, like uh, in the hills? Mountain, mountain lions. lions. Those are different. I totally think, different. I think a little bigger. Yeah, I don't think you... I think mountain lion, maybe you don't have such pumas. a good shot. Pumas. They got pumas out there? Isn't that what a mountain lion... Is a mountain lion and a cougar the same thing? No. No? I've been attacked by a cougar. What? At Holahans, out by the mall. <laughs> yeah, didn't see her coming. Cadillac Ranch, still got a scar. <laughs> she jumped off of uh, Rock Jungle. <laughs> Landed right on my neck. Right on my head. <laughs> I tossed her around. But boy, did she leave some marks. <laughs> okay, parents, how much time do you spend with your kids? A ton. A new survey found 39% of parents say they spend less than a half hour of quality time with their kids in one, in a week's time. In a week? And one in three say their kid has noticed and complained about it. <sighs> Bill, would you put it on Sunday alone? <laughs> 14 hours? Yeah, this is a... I don't but that was different. That was, that was, was a her big birthday. Yeah, it was a big yeah. day. They also found things people like doing with their kids the most are going to a park, going out to dinner, and taking a family vacation. I'm I'm with my kids every single day, and I love it. My parents you know? definitely were not like that when I was growing up. And no, neither it, were mine. But I think that's how everybody overcorrected. They not overcorrected, but corrected it because they were like, um, it would have been better if. And so now everybody is stopping short of helicoptering parent. Oh, now we're just yeah, we're living life side by side, and sometimes it you know, annoys the hell out of me because it's like, you, can you be bored for a second? Can you just be bored? Oh, because you're the uh, God, figure it out. entertainment director. For yeah. A half an hour seems like not. That's nothing. That's, that's absolutely I'm nothing. that is people who live in big cities and maybe their commute time doesn't get them home till late at night. I mean, how could you, in a, even in a day, you would have to be able to spend you, more than a half hour right. with your kid. This is how kids go outside and play with bobcats because their parents aren't around. <laughs> Jim Carrey is getting bad reviews for his painting of a woman who appears to be White House <laughs> Press Secretary Sarah Sanders. The painting Carrey put up on Twitter over the weekend, far from flattering, and neither was the accompanying tweet. The painting shows a scowling, open-mouthed, dark-haired woman. The tweet that doesn't name Sanders reads, This is the portrait of a so-called Christian whose only purpose in life is to lie for the wicked. Monstrous. Responses included calling the actor's painting disgraceful and sarcastically calling it a, an example of Hollywood's empowerment of women. Um, I mean, if you're why, mad, why are you so up in arms about what Ace Ventura yeah. is painting? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, isn't he kind of crazy now anyway? He's yeah. out of his mind. I mean, the president made fun of a reporter with a congenital joint condition. 
like made fun of him. Yes. This is some crazy the... lunatic actor guy who made a drawing. And it's not even who it's talks just... with his ass. <laughs> <laughs> even though I lo- I I love him as a as an actor actually, but he's out of his mind. You you liked Andy and me. Oh yeah. I hated it. Why? Because I thought it made him look like the biggest jerk in the world. Well, he seemingly kind of is, according to recent year reports. Yeah. Recent uh, reports over recent years. I appreciate method acting. I know, like, when Daniel Day-Lewis did Lincoln, you had to call him Lincoln and all that kind of stuff. But, like, doing Andy Kaufman, requiring that you were in full Andy Kaufman all the time, so everything was a bit. He stayed in character pretty much for the whole movie. Right, but I, I bet even Andy Kaufman was like, you know, every once in a while, like, you know, uh, that uh, key grip actually has a family and maybe it's not cool if I keep him six hours past where he was supposed to be here because I want to be true to the character. Like Lawrence Olivier said one time to Dustin Hoffman, he stayed up like for two days to film the scene because he wanted to have like that tweaked out look when they were filming Marathon Man. And Lawrence Olivier just called, like showed up to work that morning and he's like, why didn't you just act? (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't thought of that. Thank you, Lawrence. And I still don't know how it wasn't a bigger story about his ex-girlfriend's family suing him. Oh, my God. that For giving her, like, it, four it, kinds of herpes? It yeah, wasn't even on the list. It, it wasn't. was not even a blip. I know. I know. He was, and it wasn't like he wasn't making stuff. He, he was the executive producer of that big show that came out about uh, the, the comedy store. And didn't he, like, say really awful things to her? Oh, yeah. He he wrote them down. Yeah. They had proof. Yeah. I read that stuff and was like, ooh, this this looks really, really bad. I mean, I I think that he caused her definitely emotional stress. I don't think he was the reason she killed herself. But they're claiming that he gave her the the meds that she used Mm -hmm. to overdose. Yeah, I'm not so sure about his complicity there as much as he just had a bunch of drugs and she decided to take them, but he was mercilessly cruel to her. And gave her, like, a lot of STDs. A lot of STDs. It was such a weird thing because that story was so not projected that, Val, you didn't even know about it. Yeah, until Bill, you talked about... Bill was talking about you're like, no way. What are you talking about? And then I remember how appalled you were when you read, you're like, oh my God. Not a good guy. No, that poor girl. Oof. That's why that another reason when I watched that Andy and me, I just like, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was cool just because like Andy Kaufman's family thought it was cool. And like people who had worked with Andy Kaufman were like, oh my God, he is him. Like it was, it was almost like they got some, some extra time with their friend. Uh, yeah, and yeah. so for that aspect of it, I just thought it was, it was just different. I just liked it, you know? Yeah, but I, just, I you you don't hear people doing that. I look at it from all the crew members. Plus, it was I don't know, it was it was worthy of that kind of immersion. Like if if you know the dude did that and uh, dude where's my car? You'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> why are you why are you this into this, dude? Where's my latka? <laughs> Forecast today, rain and snow will change to all snow later today. We could get anywhere from 2 to 8 inches, mid-30s. For the high today, it's 37 at DV. How great was this? Yesterday, Joe Thomas retires from the Browns, and in doing so, he just roasts a bunch of the Browns. Um, Brandon Whedon still has my phone number. 
somehow after uh, all these years, and he tried to call me, but he ended up still being stuck under that giant American flag, uh, <laughs> so he didn't get any reception. Um, Sashi tried to trade some information with me uh, about my retirement, but unfortunately it didn't get in in time. <laughs> Um, Johnny tried to call me from the club, but his money phone apparently didn't have very good service. And uh, in the end, we all know that the reason I retired was because of Robert Griffin III. It was definitely his fault. <laughs> Dude, he roast, he's roasting everybody. How bad? I mean, that, that guy. I'm trying to think of another great player that played on like useless teams. We mentioned it briefly last week, but there, there weren't a whole lot of them. Archie Manning, I guess, was the one we came up with. Mike has a full sports report when we come back. Penn's at it tonight on the island. Also, the Steelers might be lined up to get that free agent safety they need. Full report next. DVE Sports. Mike, pursuit with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's the word? Uh, the word is that uh, the Steelers are poised to make a significant free agent addition. James Jones, former receiver for the Green Bay Packers, currently of the NFL Network, tweeted last night at about 9.30 that Morgan Burnett, former safety for the Packers, is about to become a current safety for the Steelers. The tweet, and I quote, Source tells me Packers FA safety Morgan Burnett is headed to the Steelers, flying out tomorrow morning to complete the deal. So there's Boom. your there's your veteran safety that uh, the defense uh, was in desperate need of finding. I want to make the distinction, or at least the the comparison between what he brings versus Tyron Matthew, because that seemed to be the pick that Steeler fans were gravitating toward. I think in large part just to the the celebrity aspect of, of uh, Tyron Matthew. I mean, you know, he's considered a superstar when he entered the league. Uh, not when he entered the league. He was uh, a high-profile guy in part because of all his off-the-field stuff. Had some character oh. issues. Got yeah. to big draw that him in the draft. Got to the ball a lot. Uh, made All-Pro in 2015. Um, Had an amazing season that season. I think he's 5'8". Uh, he's a little guy. Uh, personnel people will tell you little guys get hurt. That's, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrone Matthew finished uh, three of his first five NFL seasons on IR. And the Cardinals were due to pay him, I think, a guaranteed $18 million over the next two years. They were approaching the date when that kicked in. So they wanted him to take a pay cut, redo the deal. He didn't want to do it, so they cut him. He winds up with a one-year, $6.5 million deal in Houston, plus incentives. Uh, Morgan Burnett is 6'1", 2010. I think the more valid comparison or the more pertinent one would be comparing Burnett with Mike Mitchell, the guy he would replace. They've both been in the league eight years. Mitchell has ten interceptions. Burnett has nine. Mitchell has seven forced fumbles. Burnett has eight. Mitchell has eight fumble recoveries. Burnett has ten. Mitchell has 45 passes defense. Burnett has 46. They both have seven and a half career sacks. The difference is Burnett is two years younger. He's 29. Mitchell's going to be 31 in June. And Burnett is the more versatile player. Uh, Just as an example, uh, in 2016, Burnett had three of his sacks. He didn't have any last year, but he had three two seasons ago. Mitchell had zero sacks in his four seasons with the Steelers. And they used him as a pass rusher initially. You know how they like to bring different guys from different spots. Uh, He just couldn't get there, so they just stopped doing it. Uh, That wasn't in his game. Uh, Burnett can play slot corner. He did that for Green Bay last year. He can play box, hybrid, safety, linebacker, sub-package, 
be able to stop the run but still cover people guy. Uh, and he was the Packers uh, communicator. He wore the earpiece in the helmet last year. Communicator got, helmet. Got yeah. to play some sidelines and. Uh, Boy, they they could use a guy who's able to be a bit of a leader. I think right now, in the wake of Shazier being out, and Mike Mitchell being out, a yeah. couple of the vocal guys that's aren't going to be there. That's a really good point. And the safety market has been slow to develop. Uh, the reasons for that, I was told yesterday by uh, some NFL people, is that these guys were all overvaluing themselves, <laughs> and everybody was, it was kind of a game of chicken. Like nobody wanted to make a bad signing. And, yeah, because uh, Mike Mitchell tweeted at Honey Badger basically saying, hey, man, can you hurry up and sign a deal? The rest of us are sitting here waiting. Yeah. Uh, figuring that, that that would open the, the floodgates, and, uh, it, it, and it, it didn't. It did not. And you know, I thought I thought people would be more interested in Honey Badger than they were. Uh, yeah, one year. You notice those. He makes those spectacular plays. You notice those. No, that should actually serve as a little bit of comfort for Steeler fans who think we may have missed out there because – the narrative seemed to be like, oh, let's get him, let's get him, let's get him. And then we didn't. Yeah. Oh, we didn't get him. And then it turned to a little bit of anger yesterday where people are wondering, like, why didn't we make a bigger play for him? He's definitely more high profile than Morgan Burnett, but Morgan Burnett's pretty well thought of around the league. And uh, this would be a good get, I would think. Uh, it, it takes a lot of pressure off the draft. This couple with the John Bostic signing that uh, they officially announced yesterday, uh, that's a body at linebacker. Uh, you know, He's an upgrade from what they had. Behind Ryan Chazier, he is not Ryan Chazier. Uh, their chances of finding another one of those are pretty slim because you can't just go down to the Chazier <laughs> store. Chazier store. You know, it's, it's it's a little further down than the Lundquist store. It's harder to get to. Hmm. Uh, they got to repopulate with numbers, and uh, this gives you a chance to go into the draft not terrified that you're not going to get two or three specific players that you have to have. So they're, they're setting themselves up well. Uh, no reason to believe that James Jones wouldn't have inside information on this, being a former teammate of Morgan Burnett's. As for Bostic, I mentioned that he was introduced yesterday, and uh, his initial interpretation is that Pittsburgh is going to be a real comfortable fit. Really just everything top down. Um, you know, you see ownership, coaches, um, you know, the players that are here and whatnot, um, the city. Uh, you know what it means here, you know, and the defense, the tradition here. Uh, you know, it really, to be honest, it was just a perfect fit. This guy's got a real good reputation as uh, a pro's pro, a work ethic guy, a character guy, somebody who's going to fit in with what the Steelers want their players to be. Right. I don't know if he's going to be tweeting a whole lot. Fantastic. But that you know, would be great. We'd have to wait and see on Well, that. at least I won't be blocked by the safety of the Steelers. <laughs> Were you blocked? Oh, I was blocked, yeah. It happens. Pens are playing the island. Mitchell blocked me, and I don't remember what, why. What did you do? It was innocuous. I made a smart-ass comment to him or something, and uh, he just he basically had a, uh, a none-and-done policy. If you even came close to saying something he didn't want to hear. He's a pretty sensitive guy. I think I, I think I know what it was. What? Remember when he was like DMing somebody and called them like a bitch or something? Yeah. And we kind of railed on him for that? Yeah, but I don't know if I railed on him on Twitter about it. It was something I you tweeted. You might have. Possibly. Around that time. Well, the good news is I much, I'll have a much better relationship with this guy. At least initially. Wait, maybe yeah. I'm thinking of Bob Labriola that blocked you after that. It was Labs. Yeah. yeah. We'll get him on the show and uh, 
You can say, hey, you can't possibly do worse than the guy. <laughs> right. No, I, I think Mike Mitchell got a bad rap here, but they need to get better on defense. They need to make some moves, particularly with, with Shazier not coming back and no Shazier store option. They got to explore any and all options to get better. And uh, this, this would be uh, potentially one move that makes them better. Pens are playing the Islanders tonight, 7 o'clock on your Pens flagship, 1059. The X uh, Pens are chasing the Caps for first in the Metro. Uh, the idea is not necessarily to catch the Caps, but to be playing as well as they possibly can heading into the postseason. Uh, Sidney Crosby thinks they're starting to make strides in that direction. Yeah, I think we've found consistency a bit more. I mean, there's always uh, things you want to improve on, but I think our you know our work ethic and our details have been there uh, for the most part. And and when they're not, you can see the difference in the game and the results. So um, yeah, that's an area that uh, every team's trying to do better and with consistency. But you know, you really want to make sure this time here. Mike Sullivan's going to keep harping on the goals against from now until whenever the Penguins are done playing. We've given up some goals. We haven't given up a lot of chances, but but the ones we've given up are going in the net. And so I think we've got to limit the quality of them. I think we can do a better job in certain areas. Uh, you know, we've won some face-offs and didn't get, didn't get pucks out, didn't get clears. You know, that's an area just attention to detail and being on the same page and working cooperatively to make sure if we if we get a clean win that we get the puck 200 feet. And I think we can get better in those areas of the game. I think that will help us. But um, it, it's not like uh, teams are doing anything different or we're giving up uh, a significant amount of chances. It's just, you know, we really haven't given up a whole lot, but the ones that we've given up have ended up in our net. Clears. Face-off wins and clears. Don't try to make a spectacular breakout. Get it out. Go from there. Mike Lang, Hockey Hall of Famer next. It's the DBE Morning Show, and joining us right now, Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm good. You guys are sounding great today. You're alive and well waiting for the big snow. Poor Val. I, I, I'm, in, I'm in agreement with you, Val. This oh, has got to stop. So over it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's too much, Mike. It's it is too, too much. much, you know, and it doesn't help. And we, we, we're all, you know, we love it here and. You know, we're the kingpin of the world of 300 cloudy days and drizzle and uh, just a little sun. Just, you know, we need the world and uh, needing vitamin D. Oh, yeah. boy, there's no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah, but we'll get through it. And uh, when it when it comes out, we appreciate it probably more than anybody else in the world. <laughs> Mike, I was talking earlier about Josh Yoey's piece in The Athletic about Evgeny Malkin's uh, unreal streak since January 5th. 26 goals, 25 assists. In uh, in that time since January fifth, all in thirty games. Do you remember anybody else having a streak uh, quite like oh, this one? I mean, I know the big guys probably had a few. Uh, so I'm I'm wondering uh, what what this might uh, compare. Uh, I think the big guy one one year started off with like 27 goals in the first 15 games. <laughs> it was like insane. Uh, yeah, there was a few others. I mean, if you look at some numbers, I mean Nathan McKinnon is doing the same thing. Uh, Patrick Laine is just filling the net right now for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. So there's some other guys that are doing similar things. But uh, Gino is, you know, Gino's just more than a goal scorer. Uh, you know, he just is a guy that can dominate a game. And I think that the, the beauty of watching him play is all-around game. 
and, and what he can do just just can bring you out of your seat. And uh, he's he's in that uh, that mode right now. And uh, when he's like that, he's awfully tough to stop and uh, gives the Penguins a a big advantage over other teams. And that's let's let's be honest. I mean, where have they won uh, the cups that they have? It's the strength down the middle, and that's what they've got again. And uh, they'll have to carry it and hopefully stay healthy and mm-hmm. and be uh, be ready for the playoffs and, uh, and and continue it. But that's where the strength is, and and uh, he's he's been nothing short of a superstar really in the last uh, uh, two or three months. Mike, uh, we heard from Mike Sullivan yesterday, and he was talking about goals against, and he said they're not giving up many quality chances, but when they do, it ends up in the net. Would you agree with that? And if so, does Matt Murray fix that? Well, uh, you know, I, I do think that they've improved uh, from what they were uh, the first uh, half of the season uh, in allowing uh, scoring chances. But n- I still see some leaks in the in the dam here, uh, you know, as far as uh, allowing chances and, and odd man breaks, uh, more so than what we've seen over the past two or three years. But having said that, uh, Mike, I, I do see a trend where they're improving on on being able to to, to kind of quell that and, and make it work in their favor, uh, and it's better than it was, and so that's a that's a positive. Uh, Matt Murray returning certainly gives the Penguins a big lift. Uh, I think as a, as a guy that can play a lot of games now and and uh, down the stretch and into the playoffs, and so uh, you know it's it, it's we're, we're are we as strong as we were a year ago? Probably not. I, I think that's a fair assessment of. Of where we are, but we're two points away from winning a division title, and uh, this team has uh, more within its room maybe than maybe any other team in the league that people really don't talk about uh, a whole lot. But the leadership within this room has filtered down through every single player in that in that uh, confine, and it's amazing really what uh, what they can do when they apply it and, and make it work. And it's a long year, as you well know, Mike, and they've done it. Uh, the full journey the last two years, and they're going to have to try to prepare themselves here to try and make another run at it. Mike, out of the last uh, 18 games, 12 of them, they got goals from the Blue Liners. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's that's really good. Um, you know, and I'd like to see a few more. I mean, to be honest with you, I, uh, I, I still think Chris Letang is not, you know, he's, he's not getting the puck in the net, uh, which he's capable of doing, and that's... Uh, you know, his shooting percentage is woeful for the number of shots that he has. Uh, but some other guys have picked it up, and I think Oleksiak has been a good addition to give them a uh, a pretty strong shooter from the left side, along with uh, Ole Matta, who's having a strong season. And uh, and Justin Schultz, I think, going right. Nobody's really talking much about Schultz, but I think he's been terrific here since uh, coming back from uh, being out of the lineup, and I think he is a key ingredient, really, for the Penguins from an offensive standpoint, I wouldn't be surprised to see him play a little bit more, even on the first power play unit, uh, going down the stretch here and, and maybe into the playoffs. So uh, from a defensive standpoint, they've, they've, they're pretty good as far as being able to produce goals from that blue line. Hold on one second, uh, Billy. Sure. I wanted to tell Mike Lang this, uh, b- before, uh, we jump over, uh, Schultz, Jason Mackey had this stat, his swing and plus minus from Edmonton is 129. Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, he was minus seventy-eight in Edmonton, plus fifty-one here. Yeah, he's he's really been he's been really good, and uh, uh, and he figured it out. I mean, he finally got to his game, and and the, the beauty of the, what the Penguins have, you know, maybe as compared to other teams. I mean, they've got some pretty good coaching in uh, Sergei Gonchar and some others, but what they these reclamation projects on defensemen and or other players. 
that for the most part have, have come in and they just seem to fit in. You know, I mean, it's it, it's an easier transition for them to come into a situation where a team is winning and and playing well, and and, and it kind of bodes well for for just giving a guy a peace of mind because. You know, let's let's be honest. I mean, when some of these players were, well, Emma Kessel, were in Toronto, mm-hmm. they were the main. I mean, they were the focal point of everything, and Justin Schultz was the focal point of why the Edmonton Oilers weren't winning. But when you come here, it's like uh, just take a seat over there. We'll get with you in a minute, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way it's been kind of you know uh, uh, working here. And it, and it, it's a, a credit really to the people that run up run the team up top and. Uh, with Jimmy Rutherford and that whole crew, and, and right to the scouts and people that uh, put input uh, into making these uh, trades and selections that they do. So, you know, that's where uh, you go to the top, really, to see where it all came from. And, and I think the players are comfortable playing here, and that's a big part of the success that they've had. Another defenseman who hasn't got a ton of press this year, Mike, but I feel like he's one of the unsung heroes. I I feel like he's had a great season, just even from a health standpoint, Oli Mata, I don't believe, has missed yeah. a game this year. Yeah, he's uh, he's been real good, and uh, he's finally got the comfortability uh, back within his body. Is that fair? And, and his mind. I mean, he was pretty well battered and uh, and beat up uh, with uh, injuries, and then the cancer uh, battle too, and 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 the shoulders, and he had to have two operations on the same shoulder. And you know, there's a little fear there. You know, is my career over already, and uh, that type of thing. But he. He has blossomed, and I think more than anything else, guys, is that he's matured. He's a man now. He's, you know, he was more of a kid with a pretty good-sized frame on him, but he's more of a man, and he's playing like a man now. And I think that goes to the old adage of uh, it takes five years for a defenseman really to learn his trade in the NHL, and I really believe that sincerely uh, for him. You're seeing the, the, the fruit of a flower that's, that's coming alive, and, and he's played extremely well, and I, I, I think it's a. It, we not nobody's talking much about him as far as uh, any pinpointing, are they, from mm-hmm. the last couple of years to today? Uh, that's how much, that's how well and how improved he's been this year. Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang, you can hear him alongside the old two niner Phil Bork on our brother station one hundred five nine, the ex home of the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight in the uh, in the island on the island, not in the island, they're on the island. No, they're not on the they're island. In they're, Brooklyn. In oh, they're in Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm just so used to just saying it the other no way. No sleep till Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Brooklyn's well, an island. They're going to split them up, I guess. They're going to play a few games out on the <laughs> on the island next year. They've got that building refurbished, and it's supposed to be fairly nice. So that's a good sign. At least it won't be on the south side where, you know, you guys are all worried about digging up the south side. Yeah. <laughs> that's been going on for 20 years. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it never stops. It's like any, any other major thoroughway here. It never stops. So you, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree because they're going to continue <laughs> to do it. And they won't change anything, seriously. It'll still be two lanes. It'll still be bumper to bumper. Yeah. Yeah, and then Crawford will, you know, edge out in the corner and honk the horn at him. And, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm for Uber. Uh, just run Uber, Ubers up and down that street. Yeah. And just put big signs up, beware of Uber. I like it. You know, they might not go on the street. Yeah. <laughs> True. Well, yeah, that's right. You put those self-driving Ubers on there. Yeah. Well, then it's, yeah uh, go ahead. Go, you know. People might cross at your own risk. Shortcut the trip. Maybe put a barking, uh, you know, uh, voice in the in the car. The guard, the barks going up the street. So That's not a bad idea right there. I think they should make a big, you know, they're doing those build-outs uh, on the walkway there. They should put a big one on the sidewalk at Excuses so that they could have outdoor shows there. If you ever knew what they had to go through down there, 
just to get legally compliant with what happened, and they tore up that whole area. This is less than three years or four years ago, and and now they're going to do it all again. I mean, they've just they just finished projects up there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, somebody's got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, thanks so much for your time. As always, appreciate uh, it. You're the best. I love you, and uh, I think I'm going to step in and see you guys in two weeks. Come on! Yeah. Come hang out! Hey. Gotta come down. Let's have some bagels and uh, uh, some uh, Bob, Big man. Mountain Dews. I feel like a Bagel Bobby move, uh, you know, moment, so <laughs> I think we're going to come Mike in. <laughs> All right, well, we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Mike Lang, Hockey uh, Hall you're the of best. Famer. Thank You're you guys. back at you this right. morning. The Hockey Hall of Famer hanging out with us on DVE. Billy Gardell joining us when we come back. I saw my daughter walk out. You know, you, you just, as a parent, you want your kid to be accepted. You want them to be liked. Right. I mean, I wake up in the middle of the night going, oh, my God. Are people going to like her? If anybody picks on her, I swear to God, I'll, I'll punch them. Right. She walked outside of school. She's at a new school this year, and she she was so vulnerable. She said hi to this girl, and the, the girl just didn't see her, and it crushed me. Oh. She was like, hey, and then just put her head down, and I wanted to go over to this girl and be like, she said hey! <laughs> you didn't hear her? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Billy Gardell is joining us right now from Los Angeles, California. Billy, good morning. How are you? Good morning, everybody. Hi. Hi. Sup, guys. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, not too much, man. We, Bill was just talking about the difficulties of being a parent and having to worry about whether your kids are going to fit in in that last clip. Yeah, you know, the more I see people, the more I hope he doesn't fit in. (laughs) (laughs) You know, pick three good ones, and those are your riding partners, and that's really all you need. Yeah, It's just, you know, that rejection where now all of a sudden all of those insecurities of my childhood or of my child are now displaced directly onto me. (laughs) And I feel every little bit of it, you know what I mean? That's part of being a daddy, Ooh. absolutely. It's brutal. Yeah. You know these you, girls you, are mean, Bill. These girls are mean. What, the other little girls you mean? Yeah. I met your girls. Your girls aren't mean. No, my girls are the sweetest no, they're, things they're in, in the kids. world. You know, Bill, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm raising a decent uh, child. You know, my son is 14, and he's a good kid. He don't get in no trouble. You know, I was already stealing Winston's and beers and <laughs> trying to kick in windows, try to board them. You know, my kid is a good kid, and uh, sometimes is. I think when you raise a good kid, uh, you know, you're outnumbered. But I feel like uh, I feel like you have to, man, because uh, we we need good people. We need good people. We need good common sense, empathetic, caring, compassionate people. Because, you did your uh, job. Well, I don't know if job. I've done my job, but so far so good, you know. And 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 I I try to tell Will, man, if you're going to have any kind of faith, what is is and what isn't isn't. And so, if you believe in anything up there, then I like to try to tell him that look, the universe, if you open yourself up to it, you know, it'll it'll bring you around the people you're supposed to be around, and it'll protect you from the ones you're not supposed to be around. Beautiful. I'm, you, I don't, so basically, you tell right. him, you tell him to uh, stay off Facebook. Yeah, I you know <laughs> he, he does. Uh, what does he do? He does. Uh, what's the one I Insta? let him do? Snapchat, it's Instagr- Instagram. Yeah, he's got the Insta and the Finsta. But the you know the Finsta is away from you. The Insta is what you think he's doing. 
Well, <laughs> I don't know what any of that is. All I know is this. Patty checks it. We're all right. And he's got a, an account where they just have just their friends in it. So you can't just have outside lunatics saying dumb things. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Yeah. That's a way to do yeah. it. You know, that's the thing. It's just that they're just so... They're so open to uh, everything everybody says with all the technology, you know. So it's, I, we try to regulate the best we can, but, you know, it's it's just about their compass and the compass you put in them. And, uh, you know, I, Billy, you're a good dad. I've seen you with, with, with your kids. You're going to be all right, man. But the problem is, you know, they got to take their lumps just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I wish I could sail the ship for them, but you just see the wave coming for them. Sometimes you're like, oh, please, batting down the hatches. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. It's the <laughs> yeah. toughest thing. Used to it's be a lot. Hit you. It's going to hit you. You watching? Used to be a lot easier to raise boys when you could just uh, leave them in the hands of whoever the Bobby Knight of your school was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, think, that kind of, think, yeah, oh, he's a hard-ass yeah, coach. That's fine. Yeah, no, you're playing. Oh, no, you're, he's going to be on that team. You're on that team. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a little easier with boys. I think I think girls, uh, it's a it's a little tougher. Val's got news for us. What's going on, Valerie? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 36 degrees now at DVEM. Val Porter, there has <laughs> that is so cold. Where yeah. is it? What is it? Where you are there, Bill? It is, uh, well, now you got to remember, it's 5 or 6.15 out here. Yeah. Hold on, let me get you the update. You guys are the, supposed to be getting a storm, too. Well, uh, 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 what? Isn't Southern California <laughs> getting some big rainstorm? You mean it's going to sprinkle for two days? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's 56 right now, but it'll be, it's supposed to be about 70 degrees today, 68 to 70 well, today's the first day of spring, and we have a winter weather advisory in effect. Well, that's because the earth is ending. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> one way to look at it. There's no more coral. We're done. <laughs> that's where it all starts, down at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, we need to get to some serious news. There has been another shooting, this time at a Maryland high school this morning. Oh, my God. St. Mary's County Sheriff's Office says it happened at Great Mills High School in Great Mills, about 50 miles southeast of Washington, D.C. Multiple injuries have been reported, but not yet confirmed. That situation is said to be contained and under control, but the school is locked down. There is no word on the status of the shooter. There are reports Donald Trump Jr. had an affair with musician Aubrey O'Day back in 2011 and 2012. The president's oldest son is currently in the middle of a divorce from his wife, Vanessa. According to Us Weekly, Trump met O'Day on the set of Celebrity Apprentice and they hit it off. Trump reportedly ended that affair in 2012 when his wife found emails between him and the former Danity Kane band member. Trump and his wife have five kids together. I, I don't. I don't know. This, this girl. It's more troubling. This, this girl broke up with uh, Donnie Jr. Had this little relationship. And then she went on to date Pauly D from uh, <laughs> the Jersey Shore. I don't know where you go after that. One of the kids from Growing Up Gaudy. You end up just <laughs> dating a tube of hair gel. From I don't. Don Jr. to to, to Pauly D. Oh my God. <laughs> I see a progression here. She's she needs help. He just date a tube of hair gel. <laughs> what do you, what do you do? I'm I'm dating a tuft of chest hair with a gold chain yeah. in it. Yeah. 
In other Trump family news, First Lady Melania will uh, meet today with tech representatives at the White House to talk about cyberbullying. Today's meeting will bring in leaders from Facebook, Google, Amazon, Twitter, and Snap as part of her effort to address issues affecting children. Trump has previously expressed concern over negative social media interactions and what kids are I wonder if they're just going to use her husband's Twitter as an example. It's just ridiculous. (laughs) Little Caesars will be giving out free pizza to fulfill a promise made at the beginning of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. The company said if any of the number one seeds in the tournament would lose their first game, they'd hand out free lunch combos. While the 16th seeded University of Maryland, Baltimore County upset number one Virginia last week. So Little Caesars says they'll be giving out free lunch combos on April 2nd from 1130 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pizza, pizza. I feel like we just did this story not too long ago, but this might be an updated list or somebody else just decided to do one. Because I remember us talking to Cam Hayward about this. Uh, The editors at foodbeast.com just ranked the 10 best French fries you can get at fast food places. You know, Val, I don't care if you did that story or not. I'd like to hear it again. (laughs) (laughs) The top 10 starting at number 10, KFC's Potato Wedges. No, they're not even on the list. What? No. no. I don't know. I think they're pretty you good. You go there for chicken. You eat it quietly. You don't tell your wife and you go home. <laughs> that's it. You don't, that's all that is. Sounds pretty subjective. Though. Number nine, Taco Bell's new season fries. No. No. Haven't had No. That's no. their 0 for 2 on this list. I didn't know Taco Bell even one, had fries. One more bad call and we're pulling the money for research and development. Five Guys Cajun fries. Very good. I'll throw those in there. Del Taco's crinkle cut fries? Yes. Crinkle cut. Let me tell you something. America's fabric started to unravel when we went from crinkle to curly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of the curly. I, do, I, I remember the crinkles from back in the day. My crinkle. mom would buy that big bag. Crinkle. Oh, yeah. You could buy crinkle fries at a Little League baseball game. <laughs> crinkle fries. Once we started... To, 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 to get into curly fries, all hell broke loose. Historians will one day point to this point in time. That's it. The this, more you know, that's the moment. This sounds like something on a podcast between you and Joey O'Connell. Yeah. And him going, when did the avocado come in, Bill? We were going to say, we were going to start our podcast just for Pittsburghers, and we were going to call it, look it. Listen. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Dude, you should totally do that. Come on. Look Are it, you listen. kidding me? Yeah, he goes, listen, and I go, look it. <laughs> Why aren't you doing that? Oh, my God. I don't know. There's no time. No. Well. I wish there was. Number six is Popeye's fries with Cajun seasoning. Cajun. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll put them in the top ten, but I don't. I don't. I don't know if I like them at number six. I mean, did the college polls put these together? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Wendy's. Wendy's fries are flavorless. Yeah. Yeah, it's you got to really work to get those into shape. They're good, but you got to you got to dump salt on there's them. There's construction involved. Didn't yeah. they switch it up though? Didn't they change their fries a few years know. back? They tried yeah, to rebrand the fry. To, they had the peel on them there for a yeah. little while. Yeah, but they backed off of that, which I think is good. Shake Shack's crinkle cut fries. Ooh. Yep. I love it. Shake Shack, I'm not familiar with. Shake Shack is tremendous. Is that an East Coast yes. thing? I've seen them. I just haven't dabbled yet. I've only been in two, and it was in, well, three. One was in D.C., one was in Boston, and the other one was in 
Kuwait City. <laughs> uh, wow. Arby's, Arby's Curly Fries is number three. No, should be struck from the list. I I'm agree. Sensing a very An- strong anti-curly fry uh, force in Billy. Another one I disagree with at number two, Chick-fil-A's Waffle Fries. You disagree or agree? I disagree. Not a fan of the waffle fries. I like the waffle fry done right. If you let them get soft, though, it's, it's like a ruined potato chip. So wait, Val, how do you not how do you not like the waffle fry, but you like the wedges from KFC? I don't know because they're the seasoning is really good on those. See, the wedge to me don't count because you're borderlining on a potato skin action. It's there. like a to me, it's mm-hmm. like a, a fat steak fry. Yeah, but that's it's almost over the top. Like I, I almost got a shift from ketchup to sour cream with a <laughs> <laughs> Uh probably not a surprise, McDonald's fries number one. Boom. Still. Yeah, of course. Yeah, still. I haven't had them in forever and uh I was at a St. Patrick's Day party after our downtown festivities Saturday that and they had a ton of Big Macs and fries. <laughs> like somebody made a run. And uh I got hot fries from oh, McDonald's awesome. first time in forever. Oh my god. Yeah. Straight crack. Yeah, they're the yeah, Michael they Jordan of fries. Dialed in. That's the, whatever chemical combination they got going with that, that's dialed right into your heart. Yeah, I think Delicious. Five Guys was underrated on that list. Just the volume that you get. And they don't they is, cook them Yeah, in- I'll, I'll go with that, Mike. You're right. You get they're, they're not skimping. Man, you're they not, give you a you get a small order, it's a guys. bag of no, fries. You can get a lunch bag of <laughs> yeah. fries. Yeah. yeah, there's an overflow when that tray hits. They're uh, tremendous. Well, would you be willing to use cloth toilet paper? According to BuzzFeed, it is no. becoming a trend. No. No. This is, these are the same people that are eating curly fries. <laughs> you see, when you start fixing things that work and you don't fix the things that don't work, <laughs> that's what happens to the country. Uh, you're instead not flushing of, the cloth, though. No, no, no. Uh, instead of the toilet paper... You use something called a family cloth, and then you throw it in the hamper. Family? No. Oh, my God, no. It seems people are only using it for number one, uh, but they say there are good reasons to use a cloth. It's better for the environment, better for your plumbing, and even possibly better for you, since overwiping with paper can potentially cause health issues like urinary tract infections. This seems like more of a female concern. It seems like a girl girl thing yeah <laughs> number one you could probably get away with that number two is well, that's just unreasonable it's like the cloth or plastic diaper debate yeah i mean if you if they do catch on let's just agree to call him a roker honey did you watch the rokers i did <laughs> they're, they're, yeah they're all yeah, they're folded it's horrible it's horrible Finally, Ben Affleck taking some heat. Uh, there have been pictures all over the Internet over the last couple of days of him on the beach in Hawaii last week. Uh, it shows a massive back tattoo of a phoenix. Oh, now, it's bad. Uh, the 45-year-old actor was spotted in Hawaii last week. He's training for a movie role there. He was photographed with the colorful tattoo of the mythological phoenix spreading its wings. It's not the first time that it's been seen uh, back in 2015, he insisted that it was fake and that he was doing it for a movie. Um, oh, it's oh, it's in color. Yeah, Oof. it really covers pretty much his whole back. Yikes! Uh, and he's getting torched for it. So it should be why the people just don't like his tattoo. No, 
It's yeah, terrible. <laughs> it's big. Uh, he says he does like tattoos, but he tries to have them in places where you don't have to do a lot of cover-up. Have you ever, uh, has a tattoo uh, that another person had ever affected your opinion of them? Um, no, because I have a couple tattoos, and I really love the ones I have, and it would, I, I guess I have empathy, because if I see a really bad tattoo, I just think, oh man, that's forever. <laughs> that, yeah. That's on that, you. Got, you got to have that. There's no reason for me to make a, a Swissville comment on it because you're living with that every day. Now, many years ago, I, I, I like just begun to date a girl who uh, she's like, uh, I've, I'm, I just got the, you know my back tattoo finished and everything. I was like, cool. She's like, she's like, it's a little raw, but you, you should check it out. I'm, I'm so psyched. And she showed me, and it was it was so bad and abysmal. And I was just like, oh, I guess we're done. <laughs> like uh, well, no, the other thing okay. is when you know I can't people, justify that to anybody. <laughs> well, the the mm-hmm. people who have like really weird tattoos, I will avoid them. Well, like you know? swastikas, sure. If there's, if there's yeah, swastikas, or if there's a you know, if you've got a goat head that's dripping blood on it, like on your neck, I'm probably not talking to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm just probably not. Probably not. The praying hands on the neck is the scary one for me. I don't know what that means. You know, just the hands together. Oh, the praying hands. Oh, yeah. yeah. Does that signify something? I don't. Gang? I don't know. I I have no idea. idea. Uh, Forecast today, rain and snow will change to all snow later today. Temperatures in the mid-30s. It's 38 degrees now at DV. More with Billy Gardell when we come back on DV. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta has your sports right now on the DV Morning Show. Billy Gardell hanging with us live in Los Angeles. Cash. What's up, Cash? Sports is up. Brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. Hopefully the snow won't keep Packers safety Morgan Burnett from flying to Pittsburgh to sign with the Steelers. That's what's supposed to happen today. According to a tweet last night from James Jones, currently of the NFL Network and formerly a Packers wide receiver, Morgan Burnett. Morgan Burnett would be that safety the Steelers so desperately need. Uh, 29 years old, 6'1", 210 pounds, played the slot in Green Bay last year out of necessity. He can be that hybrid linebacker safety sub-package guy. Um, And what, the red flag on him, Mike, is just that he's had some injury issues, hasn't completed a full season since 2012? Correct. And uh, reportedly, according to USA Today, he was looking for $8.5 million a year when free agency commenced. I think uh, he and the rest of his safety brethren in the NFL have uh, figured out that the market's not going to bear that. And uh, this would be a significant development for the Steelers, who uh, added yesterday officially linebacker John Bostick from the Colts. Burnett, to me, is a much bigger that. deal. Bostick's been around a few teams, though, right? He hasn't kind of settled in yet. Maybe this will be one of those things where, like, you know, he comes here and, and, and finds out uh, that he's found the perfect scheme for himself. What do you think? He is the I'm age that they, he's the age they usually get a guy after four years. Yeah, right? That's about what we do. What they usually don't do is get a guy who's been with Chicago, New England, Detroit, and Indianapolis in those four years. Right. But, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, right? <laughs> if you saw the Jacksonville game, they're desperate on defense. It can't hurt, Mikey. It can't hurt. Is he alive? Good. <laughs> Is he better than Sean Spence and Tyler Matikiewicz? 
Come on down. You're the next contestant. <laughs> One thing John Bostic is not going to come here to do, he said yesterday, is replace Ryan Shazier. That just ain't happening. Um, I would I would never say replace. I mean, he's a special player, and you know I'm sure he's definitely going to be back um, at some point. Um, for me, like I said. All I'm supposed to do is come in here, you know, work hard. You know, whatever they ask me to do, I'm going to do it, you know, at whatever position it is. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a guy that can, you know, it's got a lot of versatility, can do a lot of different things. Um, you know, so whatever they ask me to do, I'm going to do it, you know, best of my ability. Everybody pretty much in agreement he's a good run defense guy, run down guy. Uh, he thinks he can cover. The people I talk to don't think he can cover. He's depth guy, though. I mean, this is yeah. not the answer. This is a, he's a seat holder. But it helps. No, I'm not. I mean, I think uh, Arthur Motes was a, probably an apt comparison earlier. A guy, you know, he can get the job done, and he's a professional. But yeah, man, I think he's a great comparison. I love that comparison. Yeah. That's the best comparison. Yeah, but I, I mean, heard, to, to compare him to Ryan Shazier. Come is, on, baby, what do you, you got? Pens are uh, playing the Islanders tonight, seven o'clock on your Pens flagship, one o five nine. The X Matt Murray will be an option in goal. At least uh, that was the word yesterday. Here's Mike Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, he will be. You know, he had a real strong practice today. We'll see how he responds, and we'll make decisions accordingly. Pens are 22-8-2 since January the 2nd. They're two points behind the Caps in the Metropolitan Division. 11 roster moves for the Pirates this morning as they continue getting ready for the upcoming opener. Uh, Among those moves, outfielder, infielder Christopher Bostic was optioned to AAA Indianapolis. Right-handed pitcher Nick Kingham. Option to AAA Indianapolis and infielder Max Moroff. Option to AAA Indianapolis. Uh, the Bucks play the Red Sox. Uh, the the Bucks, 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 Bucks. Play today. They beat the Twins 11 to 8 yesterday. Bostic hit a home run in that game. Wow, he's versatile. Nice play swing. inside linebacker. Nice and... swing, kid. Indianapolis is that way. <laughs> he just came from there. <laughs> Billy Gardell uh, hanging with us here this morning. You know, there was a uh, one of them hashtag things on the Twitter. Hashtag best movie soundtrack ever. True, man. Footloose. Footloose. Footloose, Val. Now I think there that are... was one of the that was one of the early like when soundtracks just started to become big. There should be two categories for this. One would be sort 80s. of eighties. Well, no, 80s and 90s? No, like a curated soundtrack of already existing songs and then composed just for the movie songs. Oh, Ooh. you mean like musical sound, like not... No, I'm I mean gonna, Footloose I was written for Footloose. Yeah, no, no, no. okay. I'm going to go Big Chill. I mean, in terms of record sales, has to be number one. Top Gun? What has to be number one? Big Chill. I just think that's a great soundtrack. My two favorite, like... Curated soundtracks would be, I guess that's the wrong word to use, but I love Rushmore, which is a Wes Anderson movie. which has a very good musical accompaniment to it. Goodfellas. Goodfellas is a good one. Goodfellas is strong. I'm also going to say that uh, Old Brother Warato, you know, it deserved all the awards it got. got got, We give it a look. We got to give that a look. How about singles? Oh, singles yeah. is no, a big one. Yeah, no, I, other than yeah. Tempted, I got to back off of singles. How about Almost Famous? Almost Famous is great. How about The Graduate? Well, The Graduate would fall into that category, I think, of like... That's content, yeah. 
you know, Simon and Garfunkel. I mean, they wrote Mrs. Robinson because of an, they had that song already and they just put her name in it. Like Paul Simon just put it in there because they were crafting songs for that. Or, or they were asked to provide the soundtrack and I think he just applied a lot of songs he, that he already wrote. Dazed and Confused, even oh, though a lot of those songs were already around. Tenacious the obviously. Cop just chimed in with Dazed and Confused, yeah. which to me is funny. But uh, Saturday Night Fever. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. I, which I admittedly rejected on principle when it first came out, and years later I came around. Nah, the movie or the soundtrack? On that. The sound. The disco stuff. Nah, you gotta love the Bee Gees. I mean, there's a lot I like. Easy Rider? Easy Rider is... It, well, it only had one great tune, though, really. Born to be Wild is yeah. the only thing I can think of from Easy Rider. And I can't hear... If I hear that song in a bar to this day, i got to walk outside. I can't. <laughs> no? That's, can't do it? That's, that's been played too many times. That and Barracuda. Yeah, i got to leave. i got to leave until it's over. you got to get the stepping, Wolf. i got to get outside. I'm going to go outside the box and say Maximum Overdrive is pretty damn good, too. Maximum Overdrive. Oh, ACDC. Yeah, that's got a great soundtrack to it. That has, you know, that's one of the few things it has Ride On by ACDC. I love that tune. It's one of the coolest blues tunes ever. Joe, uh, producer Joe uh, said Forrest Gump. Tell him to stay in that booth. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, that's no, no. Soundtrack. He's still, he's still pledging. That's Purple fine. Rain. That's a, that's a good, uh, that's a good soundtrack. Forrest Gump. See, I th- I- Twitter says Blues Brothers, or a text message. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, Blues Brothers on two levels because yeah, they did a great job. It was a number one record, but two, they opened up a lot of people to uh, learn where those songs came from. So we're, we're going to give them kudos. Do you count Jersey Boys? No. I mean, it's got, you know, it's built it around the sites. Or is it a greatest, yeah, it exists kind of a... because of the soundtrack, so it almost doesn't, you know, even though Gardell was in the movie. Yeah. It's tough for me to give that the okay. Come on, before I, I, Jesus I, I comes that. back. If you guys but, have seen Guardians of the Galaxy, it has oh, a great soundtrack. Oh, that is a good yeah. soundtrack. Guardians has a great soundtrack. Because he's like, you know, the, the, the main character is, is sort of listening to a mixtape the whole time. And every time he pops that in, the music is just hilarious. It's and really good, yeah. All right. As of 2016, the top 15 selling movie soundtracks. Number 15, Led Zeppelin, The Song Remains the Same. Mm. I mean, that's but a concert again, movie. That's yeah. a concert movie. That doesn't count as no, a soundtrack. Number 14, A Star is Born. Streisand, Christofferson. No. Number 13, High School Musical, 2006. I didn't see it. We're number not the, 12. We're not in the demo for that one. Number 12, Let It Go, Let It Go. Frozen. Mm. <laughs> I'd love to say that I haven't heard that soundtrack. Four million. Number 11, The Big Chill, six million. Yeah, that was number a good call. 11. Number 10, Flash Dance. Oh, yeah. Six what million feeling. Sold. That's a huge. Pittsburgh movie. Space Jam, number nine. Space Jam? I believe I can fly. Oh, God. Number eight. Wait, this is the top selling? Of all time. Yeah. In, Back uh, to the Future's got to be on singles. here. Number eight, Waiting to Exhale. Whitney what Houston. Was, what was the big song for Exhale, her? Shoop Shoop, Why Does It Hurt So Bad? Uh, number seven, Grease. 
Oh, I oh, love. I can Greece is a killer. That that's a killer. Soundtrack from start to finish. Hopelessly yeah, devoted, Val. Hopelessly Wish I could say I'd never heard that soundtrack. Number six was Titanic. Number five, Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing sold 11 million flipping copies. <laughs> wow. wow. Was she's like the wind on that? Number four. <laughs> In my tree. <laughs> Never understood that. <laughs> She's like the way it was the Patrick Swayze song, yeah. right? I don't think it was on there. I feel she, your breath in my face. She's like the wind in my tree. What is it? I don't know. She's <laughs> blowing on him, apparently. Number four, <laughs> Forrest Gump. Yeah, look at that, Joe. There you go, Joe. Nice job, Joe. 12 million copies sold. Number three. I mean, how did we? Purple Rain. I said Purple yeah, Rain. Yeah, Val said it. I didn't hear you. Uh, I just don't know how we didn't get to that one. Number two, <laughs> Saturday Night Fever. Yep. Number one. Number one. We didn't say it. Hope floats. Menace we, to society. We didn't mention it, and it sold 17 <laughs> million copies. The Sound of Music. No, but that's a terrible guess. It's actually a pretty good one. Chicago. No, oh, the no, musical. no, because I think those are musicals, so no. The Bodyguard. Oh. Whitney Houston. Well, that had that. Yeah, but hold on. Song. That was just. But that, that, yeah, but that was one song. But a lot name of another, those are that. Name another like, cut off The Bodyguard. I'm just telling soundtrack? you the best sellers. I'm not telling wow. you what's the best. That's okay. a subjective thing. Remember right. the video for that? Yeah. <laughs> When she's singing and she's like out, she's sitting on a chair like out in the woods, and then she opens her eyes and it's like a different scene or something. There's like snow on the ground or something. Yeah, I remember seeing that, that. movie was weird. Kevin Costner. I mean, it would probably look a lot different today. I don't know. Poor Whitney. That documentary on Whitney Houston was devastating. Mm. Poor lady. I didn't see that. Nobody had that voice. Good uh, point. Oh. Uh, also, the Scorsese movies, uh, you know, any Scorsese movie yeah. does have yeah, a good Yeah, he song. always has oh, some God, The Departed. Songs. He always picks, like, the good B cuts, too. Yeah, man. he's always got a deep Stones cut yes. in his movies, When too. he did Let It, Lo- Let it Loose in The Departed, when Nicholson's, like, breaking the cast off of DiCaprio's, yeah, Are you a cop? And Let It Loose is playing in the back. Oh, my God. Should have yeah, mentioned The Departed. He had the Dropkick Murphys in there, yeah. and then he had, uh, what was the other? He had the Van Morrison version of Comfortably Numb. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, well, that, that's a killer version. All right, we're going to yeah, take he, it. He does pick some things. Yeah, all right. Yeah, Scorsese, mm-hmm. he's good. Going out on a limb. <laughs> Going out on a limb. Thank you. All right. It's the DVE Morning Show. Billy Gardell, live from Los Angeles, California, joining us as he does each and every Tuesday. He wakes up at the butt crack of dawn in Los Angeles and uh, calls back home. <laughs> Guys, I got to call home, check in. I heard she was out in Vegas. I was. I took uh, three of my buddies out there, and uh, the place that I play out there, uh, the Green Valley Ranch, which is a locals casino, because I enjoy a more laid-back Vegas these days, and and staying off the strip is nice, because you don't run into somebody with a yard of beer going, which way's the pirate show? (laughs) (laughs) I I like to enjoy a steak and some gambling, and this place is uh, nice. As a resort and a, a sports book, and the book out there is just great. And I went there, and they took good care of us. They put us in a little VIP booth for the uh, section for the sports book. And uh, me and about four of my buddies, uh, we sat in this booth 
eight and a half hours both days during the basketball college oh. uh, tournament. And uh, oh. you know you've been sitting and gambling too long when in intervals you have to go, I got to stand up. There's no blood in my feet. I got to stand up. <laughs> and we just got absolutely crushed. We could not get a third team on a ticket to save our lives. But it was uh, it was good, man. It was nice to just uh, disconnect and watch basketball for eight hours. Such great games this week, and and to watch the number ones fall, I kind of like that. I like to see the dogs. I have to say, I was really rooting for that upstart Baltimore team to to move on again, <clears throat> but they didn't. But they were fun to watch, and uh, just I love the madness. Now I got to I got to give Joey O'Connell from Penn Hills credit for that. He. He'd been beating on me to get into the madness for years, and I'm finally fully a whack job. I uh, I had Michigan at the end of that uh, the game with that uh, buzzer. Oh beater. my god! It almost killed me. It almost killed me. <laughs> it almost killed me. Yeah, you and me both, pal. <laughs> <laughs> that game should have been over, right? They were on the yeah. foul line. The other, who were they playing well, again? Houston. Houston. Yeah, they're Houston, and then they are at the end of the right at the end. See, I'm a Madness rookie. I'm not a Madness veteran, so I snapped because that was the third team on my ticket, and I walked away swearing. And then apparently the guy from Houston missed both free throws. So my buddy, oh, not apparently he missed two consecutive free throws. Okay, but my buddy, <laughs> but what I'm saying is I wasn't watching because I was swearing in the corner, and, uh, <laughs> and then my buddy turned to me and he very gently, like you would an animal that's that's. He just kind of put his hands, waved me, come back over here, come back over here, come back over here. And I slowly came over there grumbling. He goes, he missed both of those free throws. <laughs> and then I was alive again. And then he hit the three and I won the ticket. That's the only thing I won all weekend. So it was good. I, I like you know, you know, gambling can really bring you together with your friends. You know, yeah, it's a nice? bonding experience, yeah. especially if you have the same numbers. Yeah, I mean, even my, my brothers and right, my, Mike. I've heard tell that that is a potentially <laughs> enjoyable experience. <laughs> yeah, much like you know, going to the ball game and stuff. If people have like you know fond memories of being with their with their old man at a baseball game or something like that, a lot of my memories are like I have fond memories of gambling all day. <laughs> Oh, remember when we sat in Caesar's Sportsbook for fourteen hours at one time? <laughs> that like was that, a big. Though. That was a special day. I can it still remember Wednesdays. Day. My dad would come home with that little card. Oh, you had, oh, you had to pick card. three out of three, or cards? four out of four, or yep. ten out of ten, and yep. we had to turn the, it in by get, Friday. Yep. We'd sit there at the kitchen table. Absolutely, oh, we had to make our lunches, and that was right next to, to the bags. He'd put out bags with the cards, and you made your lunch, and you fill out the card. The main card was always yellow, and the te- or the main card was green, and the teaser was yellow. Every week, yeah, that was like seeing that was just stability. I miss yeah. that. Now it's all computerized, modernized. Yeah. Ruined. I have no idea what you're speaking of. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't grow up that way either. It's, uh, it's our dad's drinking bars where illegal gambling happened. <laughs> yes. uh, and then it would be a photocopied uh, betting sheet, basically. Yeah. They would be cut into a square and given to you, and you'd have plus minus on every team. You'd have all the lines running down, you and pick- then it would tell you the odds. Yeah, it'd be two bucks, and you had to hit at least three. Uh. Three. That was, that was like for the cheap win. Three, three was for ten bucks or it something. Would go all the way up. If you hit yeah. ten out of ten, it was a big payoff. And yeah. our dads, and thank God they did, Randall, yeah. thought that we should learn this at a young age. Yeah, it was important. It's a way to teach you math. 
Actually, that's how I learned math by sevens. <laughs> <laughs> me, uh, me too. I'm not even kidding. I could do sevens and threes yeah. like nobody. Hey, by the way, <laughs> just. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the NFL Network is just reporting it as the Steelers have signed Morgan Burnett. Okay, good. But when you click like on it, it it's a, it, they're basing it on the uh, James, uh, James Jones, Jones um, tweet. Yeah. Well, he's their guy. So they're saying it happened. But I don't know that anything else more than what we've already known this morning has, has occurred or yeah. been announced. But I mean, they, short but, of a failed physical, I would expect it to happen. Okay. I don't think that guy would be wrong on his ex-teammate. Yeah, no, the NFL tweeted out a picture of Morgan Burnett in the Steelers logo. So I would think it's eminent. So that's good. That's secondary help that we were hoping hey, for I like it. on the way. And this you could give two craps about. You could or you could not. It doesn't matter. If you were Danny Hurley, you'd only give... You'd give one, then you'd, one re- crap. then you'd rethink it and say, no, you know what? Two. I couldn't give a crap. And the more I think about it, I couldn't give two craps about Pitt. By the way. Did you hear Bayheim uh, just dragging trolling Pitt, Pitt yesterday? Yes. Yeah, hey, they deserve it. What do you say? The context, the, the guy at Virginia, uh, Tony Bennett's taking a lot of crap for losing to Maryland, Baltimore County. And Bayheim said, yeah, look at Pitt. Everybody wanted Jamie Dixon out. Oh, they're doing really well now. Something along those lines. Ooh. Yeah, I, I took that as a, um, a sign of respect for Jamie Dixon, who he faced in the tournament. Um, and who usually beats his ass. Didn't this time. But... And instead, uh, yeah, he was just, he had his back. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was definitely respect for Jamie. But it was, he was also sticking up for Bennett, like, don't go try to fire the coach every time something goes wrong because right. it could get worse. Yeah, it could always get See worse. See Pitt as an example. All right, batten down the hatches. Get your bread and milk because the storm is coming. There you go. Get indoors. Soup, chili, crock pot. I want to see crock pots baking everywhere through the city. Thanks, Billy. We got to get going. Love you, brother. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Michelle's up next. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm -hmm.